I'm Aaron Armstrong. I'm Peter Moran. And I'm Zach Groton. And the tingling sensation you're feeling is because you've just started to listen to our podcast. This week, listen to our podcast or we'll fling shit at your face. Hey, Peter. Hey, Zach. Hey, hey Peter. Hey, guys. How you doing? I'm doing good. Should we do, should we go all in like kind of a circle and just each say hi to each other? This is, this is a new form of pie <laughs> that Peter and I are not used to. Yeah. Usually, uh, usually it's pretty straight ahead. I mostly repeat myself for the first 30 seconds of these podcasts. Yeah, dude. How you doing, Zach? I'm doing well. Um, really glad to have you on. Thanks for uh, hopping on. Thanks for walking through all these technical difficulties with us. Yeah. It's the fun part. Yeah, uh, yeah. This uh, this Zach has, has thankfully agreed to be our test subject here today. Yeah. Um, we're not doing any psychological experiments on him whatsoever. This is just a normal person who has decided to join us to talk about our movie this week, which is uh, Godzilla versus Ghidorah, or Godzilla versus the Smog Monster. If you're a filthy American, <laughs> um, so Zach, why don't um, now? We should say, uh, Peter and I, when we started this podcast, oh, back in the early days of March 2016, yeah. we, we, were, we were talking about a bunch of guests and ideas, and Zach, I, I knew we wanted to do a Godzilla movie, and Zach was the person that we wanted to talk to. I was. Right, Peter? Um, most most definitely <laughs> most definitely uh zach was a is a fellow commenter at uh the dissolve uh formerly uh, there's all facebook formerly of the actual website dissolve and uh yeah we've been we've been chatting and having uh amicable discussions about movies for uh, i don't know a year now um, yeah so, I, counting just that's just counting the facebook group yeah exactly wow I speak to strangers on the Dissolve more than my most of my family members. And by most, I mean all of my family members. <laughs> I, I think it's uh, it's like almost a uh, 
it's like a, a outlet for all the uh, annoying I say, shit that I would bug people with in my everyday life. I was going to say a religion. <laughs> it's, it's a religion. Too. In fairness, though, you, you haven't spoken to your family members because they all went uh, into the new Biodome project. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, how, so, how are they liking it? I mean, I guess you can't really communicate they, with them, but do, do they, you could they look could into the Biodome, I guess. Eh, I don't. <laughs> But they <laughs> <laughs> I could, but I don't. <laughs> if if they're dead, this was an unsuccessful biodome experience. <laughs> unless, unless this biodome was a plot to kill by people that went in it, and in case it's a success, who would question that mode, that killing method? Like, who would say, "Well, clearly this was premeditated. They were going to kill these people by putting them in biodome." <laughs> I'm just saying, if you were if you're looking to off some people and they're really willing to volunteer, there you go. Well, I'm glad that you're very glass uh, glass half full on this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I try um, to stay positive. So let's, as long as you now have got to know that Zach is sort of okay uh, with his family members dying in the most recent Biodome project, yeah. let's facts. do a quick, before we, st- yeah, let's, let's get into uh, finding out a couple more, or finding out a little bit more about Zach in a new segment that we will maybe use for other guests, maybe never use again, where Zach tells us three brief things about himself. Zach, take it away. All right, let's see. Fact number one. I can't, I don't know any facts about myself. Well, let's see. I'm a, I've seen every Godzilla movie. That's a fact. I was formerly one of the top 20 most frequent commenters on the Dissolve website, which, which ties into my third fact. I don't have a social life and that's it. (laughs) <laughs> That's it. No, you've got something. You got a number four. Uh, you uh, you uh, fancy yourself a bit of a filmmaker. You make some good. Oh, you make some. Oh, it's some true. really fun projects. I've watched a couple of them. I, I have. Um, yeah, I am an amateur filmmaker. And if there's a level below amateur, I'm probably that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I feel like it was better that you ended on. I'm a filmmaker, then I have no social life. Well, <laughs> that that felt like a really downward trajectory for the, for the get to know you. So true. So future guests that are listening, if you're gonna if you're gonna say something like that, try to sandwich it in between two positives. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Because yeah, we're, we've got we've got funny segments to get to. Okay, true. I shouldn't. Well, that that'll be the that'll rescue us from the. Uh, the pit of despair I've created. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No. Exactly. We're gonna we're gonna get into our wildly unpopular us throwing out random shit and segment ideas before we actually start talking about the movie, which is gonna be a lot of fun. Or you know, you judge for yourself, I guess. But it's gonna be a lot of fun. We're trying we're trying to just repeat it enough so that the cognitive dissonance sets in and you you believe by the end of it well i i didn't enjoy this podcast at all but they said i was having fun so many times <laughs> that uh, if you uh, that i must have been or else I, why, I, why would they say it i think hitler said if you tell a lie often enough people will believe it so and go. aaron is nothing if not hitler <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you guys can't see my mustache on this podcast, but uh, yeah, and and I, I believe that we these opening segment ideas could be best uh, best summarized as the reason for the fast forward button on podcast. Yeah. Yep. Please use it. You can go 15 seconds at a time. Uh, we'll, shoot, we'll include in our show notes how many uh, increments of 15 seconds you need to push <laughs> in order to, to get past this. So the first the first thing we're going to do today is now we're going to talk about this a little bit later, which is our general level of Godzilla knowledge 
just just to kind of spoil that whole discussion, let's just say that as Zach said, he has seen every Godzilla movie. He knows a lot about Godzilla, uh, and Peter. No, has seen what? What have you seen, Peter? Like eight oh, Godzilla I sh- movies? I should have counted before I left, um, including yeah. the American ones. I think. No, excuse, I, don't I think count. including the American ones. Uh, not including the American ones. Then I guess I'm at seven. <laughs> okay, so Peter's a little bit of a novice it, compared to the but grand scope of Godzilla something. movies. That's a serious novice. It's a, it's a big time novice. Now, what I wanted to do today was to have a little fun with our one of our patented quizzes yeah. or game shows where we do a trivia contest where it's Zach versus Peter. Now, just asking, now, even fair questions of both of them or the same type of questions of both of them, in this case, wouldn't work just because they're at different Godzilla skill levels. So, what I've done here is I've come up with five questions for each of them hmm. that that reflects their current Godzilla skill level. So, you guys ready to play uh, unfair Godzilla trivia? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Peter, we're going to start with you. Joy. Now, remember, it's out of five. The person who gets the most right out of five wins the game. So, Peter, your question, specifically designed for your current Godzilla skill level, is what color is Godzilla? What color is Godzilla? Um, yep. <laughs> uh, in, in the original film, Godzilla, he is, in fact, black because it's a black and white movie. Okay, well that that's incorrect. <laughs> it's just green. Okay, Godzilla Godzilla's green. And in fact, even uh, I think uh, I'm going to show, show you a picture of Godzilla. Even even using Peter's so, logic, it'd be gray. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> green or gray. We, I mean, because just because something is shot on black and white film, that doesn't mean that that's its color. Now yeah, it's it's all it's all silhouettes. That's how it works, right? It, when they shot on black and white, well. Godzilla was actually pink because it looked more green in black and white. Interesting. It's, it's not true, See? but it's, it, so, it is hey, interesting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Zach, Zach's going to be throwing out a lot of incorrect facts <laughs> that we're going to go, oh. Hey, Zach, you know, it'd be sweet okay. if you didn't uh, try and stop me on my own questions. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean. I already lost the point. So, I, I kind of, I, I'm not, I'm going to be honest. This was heavily leaned towards Peter, but. The fact that he got what color is something wrong bodes very well for Zach as we as we go into this. So, Zach, your first question. All right. Godzilla was famously created by director Ishiro Honda. Where was Ishiro Honda born? Japan. We were looking for Asahi Yamagata. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That was the city and province. These ah. these are going to be these are these are hardcore trivia for you. Zach. Yeah, that I didn't. Japan get Japan is way too broad. Okay, I'm. Uh, Earth, I'm would you have accepted happy. Earth? Earth would have also been an unacceptable mm-hmm. answer. I am sorry for not clarifying the specificity that you were looking for. <laughs> I will not make that mistake on future questions. Aaron uh, got us both on a technicality. Zach, how does it feel? Yeah. Do you feel like the yeah. Do you feel like the rules be- uh, it, generally it, benefit players or the game maker? At, at the very least, we're both on the same level now. We're both being uh, wildly cheated. Once again, like all game shows, they are not against the host. No. <laughs> <laughs> Mo- moving on to the second question. This is for Peter. Godzilla is known for emitting a particular sound from his mouth. Is that sound generally considered a roar? Or does he say yes in Marv Albert's voice? <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess if I had to approximate, it's tough, but I'm going to say it's a roar. That is correct. <laughs> that is one point for Peter. Joy. Zach, your second question. Right. Now, as you learned from Peter's last question, Godzilla is known to roar. Mm-hmm. 
how is that roar transcribed in several comic book adapt adaptations? And we are looking for the pronunciation and the exact spell. All right, I'm going to give you the best spelling I can. It'd be R E O W R A R, and there may be quite a few more R's at the end there. And I would say uh, wildly incorrect. Now that may be based on uh, movies, but we were specifically looking for comic nah. book adaptations, and that that is Skeonk, which is spelled S K R E E E O N K. Wow. So well, don't you feel ahead. stupid? One to zero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so P- Peter is ahead, one to zero. All right. Moving on. You gotta come back, Peter. Godzilla shoots something out of his mouth. Yay or nay? Yay. That is correct. Yeah, it's, it's, Godzilla does in fact shoot something out of his mouth. I think in this movie, some of the rule. I'm gonna have to ask some rules about uh, what it actually is because it seems to change from uh, scene to scene. That's why I tried to phrase my trivia question in a way that there could be no nitpick. <laughs> this is the first time Aaron's ever given me uh, softballs right. in, in his questions. Again, not softballs, adjusted for your skill. <laughs> All right, Zach, your third question. Peter's ahead 2-0. The movie in Japan, known as All Monsters Attack, is known in the United States as Godzilla's Revenge. Who edited that movie? I'm going to say it was... And I think I actually know this, and yet I don't know it. I'm going to say it was Ishiro Honda. It's a guess. And it's wrong. That is incorrect. Yeah. It, it is someone named Masahisa Himi. Okay, then I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> You're really putting the screws to Zach. This, this yeah, I know. I am just <laughs> asking questions yeah. that I think are extremely fair based on <laughs> Godzilla not. Based, now, based on Godzilla Peter. fans who have photographic memory. <laughs> Peter, your fourth question, you are ahead 2-0. Really should be 3-0. You really fucked up that first question. Godzilla has fought many opponents over the years. Which of these is not one of those opponents that he's fought? Mothra, Biolanti, or 1988 Democratic presidential candidate Michael Dukakis? (laughs) I don't know, man. Uh, Godzilla versus Dukakis sounds just as good as Godzilla versus Smog Monster. Um, I'm going to go with Dukakis, though. Yeah, Dukakis is correct. He to say the full in none of his movies, even though <laughs> even though he has appeared in many movies, at no point <laughs> did Godzilla fight 1988 Democratic presidential candidate Michael Dukakis. <laughs> I got to come back here. All right, okay, Zach. Cinderella story. Impossible, but we are going to finish this off. Yeah, actually, if you if you can get the fifth question right, I'll, I'm going to give you ten points. Nice. But we're on question number four. Yeah, that's 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 fair. Question number four for Zach. In what year? Did the MTV Movie Awards give Godzilla a Lifetime Achievement Award? I'm going to go with 1998. That is incorrect. <sighs> it's 99. It is 1996. No. No, it's 1996, which makes no sense. Yeah. No, it doesn't. There was nothing going on. I would have guessed 98 either. <laughs> but, I mean, if it was 1998, yeah. I'm going to be honest, probably wouldn't have ended up as a trivia question. <laughs> yeah. All right. Final questions for each of you. All right. Peter is winning three to zero. Peter. Which of the following has Godzilla stepped on over the years? A, the ground, B, buildings, C, tanks, or D, all of the above? <laughs> all of the above. That is correct. <laughs> that is 4-0. Zach. Yeah. We're on to your last question. Right. Like I said, this one is worth 10 points. It's okay. a special secret question. You're at zero points. Yeah. You really want to leave home with something. Yeah. 
or leave or go go home with something. Yeah, I, want, I really, I really want. Uh, I want the. I'm going for the showcase. So Zach, yeah. Uh, your final question: mm-hmm. Return of Godzilla is the only Toho Godzilla movie unavailable on DVD in the United States, which means that the only way to watch this movie is on a VHS tape. Now, I first watched this movie in 1998 on a VHS tape in my parents' basement. What sort of TV did I watch it on? Huh. Now, based on uh, Aaron, the, re- can I based on the research quickly? I did. If uh, after uh, Zach has a question, has a chance to uh, to answer, can I also try to answer before for zero points? Sure, we, we've zero made points. no, we've made no, we've made no rules for stealing. Yeah. But sure, just now, just insert now me, that for no reason on the last question. Uh, I'm going to go with Panasonic. Incorrect. Uh, it was a 13 inch Commodore 64 computer monitor. Oh. I was going to say a Zenith. I was, so I was fine. Uh, I also I also forgot to give Peter the chance to steal. Yeah. <laughs> Peter, uh, go fine. ahead, say your answer. Oh yeah, say your say your answer as if you hadn't heard what I just said. <laughs> uh, I think it was maybe a uh, Commodore sixty four screen. You did not say thirteen inch. That was part of the question. <laughs> yeah. Incorrect. You said what type of TV? So I guess it was kind of vague. You're right. This has not been picked up by any major markets this game show, so the uh-huh. rules are still in flux and yeah. cited by the host at all times. <laughs> and, yeah, it's growing big. and occasionally guests get to change the host the, the rules yeah. as well. Occasionally. That's, <laughs> you, you just don't know when. So, yeah. final score. Peter versus Zach. Uh, Godzilla trivia. 4-0. Peter, congratulations, Peter. Thank you. It should have been 5-0. <laughs> Uh, it should have been. Uh, I just I, I got so mad after that question that I actually looked pulled up a picture of Godzilla from the original movie, and he is so much more black than gray. And maybe again, the answer was green. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't, I wasn't even interested in disproving Aaron because it's a, 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 a dead end. I just wanted to challenge our guest, who also just <laughs> lost the game, an yeah. impossible game. This, this, One thing I think you have to ask yourself though is based on the question levels. Did I give Zach the more difficult questions because I think so highly of him and his Godzilla ability and give you little children questions, Peter, because I think so lowly of you and your Godzilla knowledge? Uh, either way, I'm happy to take home the win. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Zach, we basically, uh, instead of um, it welcoming you to this podcast, we've rolled out a giant rug and it's actually just full of rats and corpses. Oh, yeah. That's... <laughs> That's normal. <laughs> I, I hope we can. I hope we can be more friendly <laughs> in oh, uh, the next the next segment, which I uh, also want to play with uh, Aaron. Aaron, do um, you mind if I uh, I jump in with a little game? No, go for it. That game is over, and now I feel <laughs> bad because I've heard that. <laughs> oh, I have no feelings. Uh, That's uh, just uh, a my game. game. Yeah. So the name of my game is. Wow, this is not going to be any friendlier. It's called. <laughs> it's called. Oh, so you're not a fan, and it is uh, more Godzilla trivia. And uh, I'd like to start with Aaron. I like to turn the tables a little bit. What I'm going to do is I'm going to name a character from a Godzilla movie, and I want you to name, tell me which Godzilla movie they're from, because as Godzilla, okay. because Godzilla is known for the great characters that uh, that populate the movies. So, it's not known for the uh, the so, massive monsters fighting. It's known for the um, tiny Japanese people having conversations about the big monsters. So, uh, all right. So, you want to start, Aaron? So, which Godzilla movie is Kisuki Shimitsu from? Kisuki Shimitsu. I can spell that for you as well. No, it's okay. I think I know. It's Godzilla versus... <coughs> That is incorrect. 
<laughs> that is zero points. All right. Um, now I'm going to flip it over to which? Wait, wait, which one? Which one was it? It is Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. That's what I said. <laughs> oh, all right, cool. <laughs> Uh, no, actually, it's from a different one. Never I just, mind. I just was coughing. <laughs> um, if I know, if I know how, I, fi- I figured if I if ahead. I had known how uh, of a uh, capricious uh, game master you would be in the first game, I would have picked a character that crossed multiple movies and just told you you're wrong no, ma- no matter what. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyways, so uh, I'd like to toss over to Zach yeah. and. Uh, <laughs> So, which which uh, Godzilla movie is this character from? Dr. Nico Totopoulos. That would be, well, now. <laughs> that would be the abomination we, we call Godzilla 98. Which yes, is it is. The abomination. Also <laughs> called Godzilla. So, uh, <laughs> Zach has one point, uh, Aaron has zero points, and I have one point. I'm going to give myself two points. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever Aaron doesn't get a point, I get a point. So, in the last game, I actually got an extra point because you didn't get any points. Okay, so, uh, Aaron, are you ready for the next one? I am. This is just a two-round game. Don't worry about it. Dr. Toro Yano. Which Godzilla movie is he in? It sounds like one of the, sounds like one of the Godzilla movies. <laughs> hmm. So, not like, I'm going to rule out right away. All the King Kong movies, all the Mighty Joe Young movies. Are you ruling out? Are you ruling out King Kong versus Godzilla? Um, I'm going to rule that one out <laughs> just because I feel like I've already started to rule out King Kong <laughs> movies. I think I'm going to rule out all of the Bring It On movies. That's a little uh, that's a little quick, but I, I guess you know you're running out of time. Uh, are you ruling out Bring It On versus Godzilla? Okay, um, <laughs> no, oh. that one is still on the table. Okay, I think I think I'm going to go with Godzilla. It is not. Uh, it's actually from uh, Godzilla versus the Smog Monster or uh, Godville- Godzilla versus Hedorah for uh, dorks. I, I feel like you are trying to prove a point about this movie and Godzilla movies in general. Through this place. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> All right, Zach, let's go. Uh, Aaron has zero points still. Zach, you ready for round, the, the second and final round in my game? I, I am. What uh, character... Is this movie from Ford Brody? Well, I'm going to say it's Godzilla. Yes. <laughs> correct. <laughs> it is correct. <laughs> I, I originally was going to do one easy softball for both of you guys. And uh, mm-hmm. and then I just decided to give them both to Zach. <laughs> huh, I, um, I think that's ultimately fair. I think it's also pretty fair in the sense that while you didn't know that the quiz that I did was going to be specifically about uh, screwing over Zach, uh, it's good that you had a quiz already planned out to specifically screw over me. (laughs) I like to think that the quiz was there to screw over somebody, and I just changed. I just changed my target. And actually, uh, so before we before we start, finally for some listeners, oh, just one real accounting fast forward button is not working. One real accounting thing. Uh, So at the end of the game, Aaron had zero points i had two points because i took points from aaron and zach also had two points so technically it's a tie it's nice of you to take that away from something <laughs> like that peter <laughs> um so so before we move on to actual movie discussion uh and i'm sure there's someone listening right now whose fast forward button is broken yeah. and just infuriated but uh zach Zach has actually brought a segment idea yeah, I, uh, for us to do. Exactly. And this is this is kind of an insurance policy to make sure I don't get invited back. 
So my segment idea is actually inspired by a former segment idea from a, a former episode, Canon or Canon, in which in which uh, Peter had to guess if a movie was part of the canon of great films or a canon film from Golan and Globus Productions. This is Showa or Showa. Now let me clarify. Showa is the name given to the first... I don't know how many Godzilla films, <laughs> but everything from Godzilla from 1954 up through the terror of Mechagodzilla and Showa, the, not that, is the 10 hour long Holocaust documentary. So what I will do. <laughs> the first thing I'm I struck by is that we have at least one listener. And <laughs> yeah. um, I should also mention, Zach, you're going to have a hell of a time explaining homonyms to Peter. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, no. I remember. <laughs> well, that's why That's why. luckily this is a two-player game. So, Aaron, you, with your knowledge of homonyms, have quite the opportunity here. So, I thought about doing a system where, wherein you'll raise your hands in order to uh, buzz in, so to speak. <laughs> and as I'm realizing now, I can't see either of you. So, I don't know how much that'll, how well that'll work. Um, I so think let's it'll just, work great. Just listen to me. It's always me first. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Don't, yeah, don't abandon the system. <laughs> if, if you could each come up with a unique way of tapping your mic, such that I could tell the difference, that would, would be one way we could do it. Or you could just say your name loudly. <laughs> so yeah. to buzz in, you say your name. So Aaron, how will you buzz it? Peter. Fuck. <laughs> See, in that case, I would call him Peter. Now, Peter, how will you buzz in? I will buzz in by also saying my own name because I think about ah, no one but see, myself. Peter is doing it the right way. So, let's try it one more time, Aaron. What will you say? Aaron. Yeah, there you go. So, the first fact. Which two of Showa or Showa, which runs approximately... Nine hours. Peter. Are we... Am I talking... Peter. Uh, I think it's definitely Showa. All right. So, now... See, I told you this was going to happen. <laughs> so, now, inflection counts here. So, are you saying Showa or Showa? Showa. That's actually incorrect. The answer was Showa. <laughs> the Claude, Claude Landsman documentary about the Holocaust. Is that not what I said? Oh, I thought you said Showa. Yeah, I'll, I'll just the, take the point. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna split the point evenly between you both, so you each have a half a point. He didn't even buzz in. <laughs> well, that's just how it goes. Oh, I didn't. I someone said Peter. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that could have been me. Um, all right, we're gonna ask another. I question accept your there. ruling. You're tough but fair. <laughs> I, I try to be. Of the two available options, Showa or Showa, which one? features Godzilla more than the other two. Aaron. Aaron. Aaron, go ahead. Canon. No. In this case, the answer was Showa. There is, Damn it, homonyms are tough. Yeah, there, there's significantly more footage of Godzilla in the Showa series of Godzilla films than in Showa, the Holocaust documentary. By significantly more, is it more than zero? Yeah. Or, like, there is there is some Godzilla oh. in Show of the Holocaust documentary. It's one of those things, like, unless you can prove he's not in it, we can't say for sure. It's a Schrodinger's cat type <laughs> situation. Aaron now has... Oh, no. Aaron has no points. As a result of your incorrect answer... What happened to my half a point? <laughs> yeah, I forgot to tell you. 
Uh, you lose points for wrong answers. You are penalized for incorrect answers. So, in, in, in typical uh, show fashion, the rules yeah. must change to, to not benefit Aaron. So, uh, buzzer in, beware. Let's ask the final question. This will be it. I, I, even my interest is waning at this point. One of the two of these films is in Roger, Roger Ebert's collection of great movies. Am I talking about Showa or one of the Godzilla films from the Showa series? Peter. I'm going to say Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Too I'm, slow. I, it was very, it was very close, but I'm going to go with Peter. <laughs> uh, it's well, the edit will not reflect that. The, the, it was a photo finish, but <laughs> the photo captured no sound, so I had to go with my gut. Definitely Showa. Yes. Again, I'll just take the point. You can move on yeah. to the next game. Uh, so now Aaron wins with. So a- I actually, I actually thought that was a. <laughs> Thank you. Did I, you. Did I just hear that I won? Uh, no. <laughs> you, uh, <laughs> Peter wins with one and a half. Now, unfortunately, the, the point of this game was supposed to complete the tri the uh, trifecta of one of us screwing the other over. So, Aaron, unfortunately, you you blew that for yourself. It was supposed to be Peter who got screwed over here. So, uh, I, I, if I can't help you, I mean, I'm doing I'm doing that. I'm doing the edit this week, so it's going to look like I won. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah, just, fix, fix, just fix it in post. <laughs> this was a wildly successful round of opening segments. To actually get into the Godzilla movie, for all those people that are, uh, again, their fast-forward buttons, their their fast-forward fingers get tired. We're finally here. Um, but actually, before we actually start talking about the actual movie, mm-hmm. um, oh boy, we're still going to backtrack for some... Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like to take them right to climax and then run back as far as possible. L- literally. <laughs> um, <laughs> Like back of the room. Um, so what we wanted, to, we thought it'd be helpful. We kind of, we kind of alluded to this uh, a little bit. Um, uh, you know, talking about one Godzilla movie in a vacuum is what we're going to try to accomplish. I think you're going to. F- I think to help understand where we're coming from uh, individually when we talk about this movie, it's good to know where we are at with our Godzilla love, mm-hmm. uh, or how many Godzilla movies we've seen, or, or what our history with the character has been. So. I thought it'd be useful for us to each take a couple minutes and kind of go through uh, what what our Godzilla history has been and, and how familiar we are with the character and how many movies he's seen and how how much he's impacted our life in general. So, um, as I think we'll do for all these uh, movie things, we'll go uh, we'll go in alphabetical order, mm. uh, first or last name doesn't matter to me. Just kind of go through our uh, our history with Godzilla. So, I'll start. I really got big into Godzilla in high school. I always liked the movies I watched. Uh, King Kong versus Godzilla over and over. It was one of the first uh, VHSs I had as a kid. And I think something as a, as, a, as a movie collector, this was the first series for me. This, this was an interesting series because I you know, was really getting into my cinephilia. And this was an, there was a ton of these movies. And I'd only really seen one or two. And they were interesting in that they were very hard in the late 90s to track down. Mm-hmm. So that kind of really added to a lot of the fun of getting into these movies that you could buy a set of like five. And they were difficult. You had to, especially this is this is pre-Amazon. Yeah. And, basically, and I'm living in Bismarck, North Dakota. And I basically, you know, you I had to go and track and find and get all the movies. And eventually I did over the course of two years with actually Godzilla versus the Smog Monster. 
being the last one I finally got my hands on it was, mm. it was much more difficult to watch than I expected and it also suffered from immense tracking problems so it was very difficult to watch until I eventually bought the Blu-ray a couple years later. Mm. Um, and I, I was so into this kind of quest to watch all these Godzilla movies that um, – and then and then something kind of funny happened. And I think this happens a lot when you just you know invest so much time and you're looking at internet websites and, fight and reading about Godzilla all you can that I just kind of completely burned out with the character sometime around um, – when Godzilla 2000 came out. And I basically, I, I then did not see any of the Millennium series after that and and really never revisited them. And it wasn't until uh, Zach had uh, written a uh, an essay that was um, posted in the comments of the Dissolves uh, movie of the week coverage on uh, the original Godzilla, specifically on the uh, Gorgo essay. Yeah. And he kind of had went through and wrote about each movie and I kind of started to get this is a couple years ago and I was reading this and I was kind of getting excited about like yeah you know I really haven't watched some of these and and most of them I haven't seen in you know at this point about 15 years so I went and I bought a bunch of the movies and started re-watching them um, even watching a couple for the first time like uh, Godzilla Final Wars which I still I still have not completed the Millennium series I will at some point so that kind of got me re-psyched about Godzilla and that's but I, it really was kind of a weird you know two years being intensely focused on it and then forgetting about it for a long time so a lot of my Godzilla knowledge and memories is going to be uh, is going to have is going to be 15 16 17 years old at this point so so that's that's where I'm coming from with Godzilla and Godzilla vs. Smog Monster specifically that was like I said I watched it with massive tracking problems none of it really took so this was kind of the one show and movie that watching it um like a year ago, when I got the Blu-ray, it felt like I was watching it for the first time. Yeah. So, Peter, why don't why don't you go, and we'll end with our esteemed guest. Yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> I, I, the interesting thing about it for me, my Godzilla love um, for me is that I actually got into it directly because of both of you. Uh, I'd read Z- the same uh, essay that Zach had written for the Dissolve under the Gorgo article. Um, very long piece that was just like lovingly <laughs> crafted about uh, how much he loved Godzilla in the series and what it meant to him personally. And, I, and it kind of inspired me at the time. And so at the time I watched, I, instead of watching Godzilla movies, because I'm an idiot, I watched the uh, some Mystery Science Theater 3000 uh, movies. What's the one about the big turtle? I yeah. watched I watched I watched two Gamera movies on there, and I was like, I don't know if this kind these kind of movies are for me. I just assumed Godzilla was the original, and they, they were all similar levels of cheesy. And then a little bit later, when uh, the Dissolve group, I reached out to you guys and they're like, "Where should I start? Where should I start?" And then you guys were like, "Just start from the top." So in the same week, I rented. I had the great. <laughs> I had one of the greatest filmmaking weeks I've, or film watching weeks I've ever uh, had, which was the original Godzilla. Not the American re-edit with the white people just edited it in there. <laughs> the original <laughs> Godzilla, uh, King Kong for the first time, and King Kong versus Godzilla to cap the week off. Yeah. All for the first time, all in the same week. So then I was just like smitten with the series, and I started watching. Um, I started watching whatever I could get my hands on, and then eventually I hit a wall because it's kind of expensive to track down some of them. Like there's so yes. many entries, and, and it's and then. <laughs> This is my most recently watched one in the series, but I've watched almost all of them in the past year. And unfortunately, um, especially for the Showa series, so I, I don't think you've ever seen any of the Heisa 
series or any of the Millennium series, that the ones you watched were all these first, um, I want to say, 16 show movies. And also, you really miss some of the, the ones in the middle that are very highly regarded because of their difficulty to track down at this point. Really, some of the best ones are unavailable on Blu-ray and, you know, even hard to rent online from that from that series, where the Millennium and the Heisa series is, is much more readily available. Which is a damn shame. Well, if we're ever in uh, Florida, I'm sure we could all visit Zach and watch Godzilla movies yeah. for... For for a week, so and I'm saying that because Zach, I am I am assuming that you do own them all uh, still uh, in any capacity. Why don't you what Why don't you go through your history with Godzilla? Well, I, it's it's actually not as long as you'd think. I only came to Godzilla probably about two and a half three years ago, and I don't know exactly when it was. It was when the uh, when the Criterion Collection released the original, and <laughs> it's awesome. It has a pop up in it. It's like one of the best <laughs> Criterion boxes ever. I bought, I, so I bought that, and I bought it not because I knew anything really about it, other than, I mean, I knew what Godzilla was. Like most of my Criterion purchases, especially at the time, I bought it because the box looked really cool, and because it was Japanese. Now, I'll buy just about any Japanese movie. Especially and, Criterion. That's a nice, that's a yeah. nice filter already. <laughs> Okay, so then I bought it, and then I immediately went, I'm going to go read Roger Ebert's review of Godzilla. And he actually wasn't a big fan. And so then immediately I'm like, well, why did I, oh, what did I do? It sits on my shelf, for, <laughs> it sits on my shelf for a bit. And finally I get around to it, and I watch it, and it just blows my mind. I'm like, this, this is the best. Just an amazing movie. And so then at the time I'm working at an FYE. The FYE had a, we always had a lot of the old ones uh, in, in our science fiction section. And we had a, specifically a box that had like six of the Showa era movies. And I bought it for like 20 bucks, thinking, I'm going to check this out. Now, I knew, I knew going in that after the first one, they get kind of loopy. You know, they don't, they're not quite the serious meditations on destruction and nuclear power. But I loved them, and every everyone I watched, I'd, I'd like even more, so I'd you know, get really into it. But so I have seen them all. My favorite era of Godzilla is definitely Showa, which would be the first 15 Godzilla up through Terror of Mechagodzilla. I know that because I just looked it up. And Heisei, it actually goes in descending order as you go forward. Heisei, which would be Return of Godzilla, also called Godzilla 1985, up through Godzilla versus Destoroya, which it must be said like that. You have to say Destoroya. <laughs> That's my second favorite part uh, series of the series and the millennium series would be my third favorite i wouldn't say least favorite it makes it sound like i don't like it but i do like it and the uh the massive essay that and that's that's generous the massive uh rambling comment that peter and aaron have both alluded to i wrote kind of on like uh you might even call it a dare the, the the people who used to comment at the Dissolve were the weirdos who would write their own articles and post them in the comment section of other articles. I was one of those weirdos. <laughs> so I did, I did, I, what I did was a, a, a film by film rundown. In, in preparation for that rundown, I watched all 28 of them in about a week and a half. I wrote it like the night before. It, it is probably evident that I'm passionate about it. It's also evident probably that I don't know how to write. 
in any professional sense. <laughs> I thought um, it was a lovely piece. I thought your passion was your passion was like yeah. so <laughs> just, but, yeah, it's, uh, just paramount in the piece. It's really fun to read. Perhaps the yeah, Zach's being very modest, and we'll, we'll we'll include a link in our in our show notes. But <laughs> so what's what's amazing about that though, Zach, is that if you would have told me up until this moment that you only got into um, Godzilla in the last couple of years, that's kind of shocking to me because <laughs> your passion for the series um, just it, it feels like someone who has loved it for a lifetime. So the fact that you know this is kind of you know on the grand scale of things, sort of a new. Uh, uh, sort of a new love of yours is it, it's sort of it's sort of awesome because I think you know Godzilla movies sometimes they get lumped in and I with uh, you know stuff that you've seen as a kid and have a lot of nostalgia for and I think that there's so much joy and pleasure to be found from these movies at any age and so it's 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 awesome that you you found those even later and are are this much enamored with the series. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll also note that you're right that Ebert was not a huge fan of the original. Does anyone know what Ebert's favorite Showa era Godzilla movie was? And I'm not going to let you guys actually answer it. I do. Because I'm sick of quizzes. <laughs> and the answer is uh, is uh, Godzilla, Godzilla versus Hedorah. It is. we're about to talk about. Yeah. I was actually Strange. shocked. <laughs> I found that out just before we got on the call. Yeah, I found it out today too. Did you did you find it out through IMDb not, trivia? I found it out through Wikipedia oh. summaries. Oh, That's yeah. equally <laughs> a lot of it a lot of extensive research we've done. Yeah, this, <laughs> this is the level of research yeah. you come to expect from this. You're also going to hear some uh, un, unsourced uh, unsourced research quotes from me later as well. Uh, so let's let's get into the movie. You know, I was going to do the 90 second uh, plot rundown, but I'll tell you what, Zach. Do you think you are up for a 90-second plot run? I think... Quick, this happens, and then this happens, and then this happens. All right, so starting at the beginning, there is a lot of sludge and pollution, and then title, uh, then Godzilla, and then a news report about a sludge monster taking down two tankers, and then a father and son attacked by said sludge monster at the beach... And by attack, I mean it flies over them, and the boy cuts it with a knife. Then there is some talk about the sludge monster, news report, animation, acid rock club. Guy at the acid rock club unites with the people who we find out are his actual family from before. Hippies. Godzilla fights sludge monster. Godzilla fights sludge monster again. At some point, some fish die. I I will say this. The order of events in this movie really doesn't matter <laughs> and and i don't mean that as a criticism of the movie. i mean i don't even think the movie cares yeah like, it's like a sparring match between these two and then people find out a little bit more and then yeah and in the end godzilla destroys the sludge monster by essentially ripping like fucking like fucking destroy yeah there's there's a the sludge monster no there's a point when i i swear that godzilla ripped out Hedra's testicles. I don't know what those I, were. I have I've no clue. I've read them as ovaries more than testicles, but I don't know what they were it, either. It, 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 some sort of reproductive organs. I'm glad that you guys don't know. I, I assumed it was <laughs> eyes and was... Every time I see it, I'm like, are those the eyes again? Well, but by that point... Scene, that's like his outer... It's his outer shell, yeah. so maybe... maybe well, by that point, Hedra had already lost an eye, though. Maybe, maybe. It could <laughs> yeah, be eyes. It could be eyes. It could be testicles, ovaries. It could be some organ we don't even know about. Yeah, uh, how many how many eyes does a smog monster typically have? 
uh, in my experience, two, but three, possibly. Yeah, as many as yeah. three. You're right that the movie doesn't... Um, the movie doesn't necessarily care about order of events because the family is a big part of the first half of the movie and almost completely disappear. So the last half hour of this movie, and this is kind of strange for a Godzilla movie, is just a constant fight between the smog monster and Godzilla. It is like it's almost like a, a giant final boss battle in a video game where... <laughs> There's ups, there's downs. People keep changing forms. People lose new or um, people figure out new abilities. It is just kind of this constant thing that just goes on and on mm-hmm. and on. And I mean that in a positive way because it it has a level of brutality to it that is a complete outlier in the Godzilla series. And then all of a sudden, this kid, the, the little stabby kid with his knife, who if any kid shouldn't have a knife, it's definitely this kid. This kid is the uh, least, least well cared for child in any movie. At one point, I was going to talk about this later. They, at one point, he is the worst parented kid in the world <laughs> because at one point his his parents bring him to a uh, what's like an, a hippie orgy rave yeah. at the base of a fucking volcano where they know the two monsters are about to converge, Wait, and they're like, "Yeah, just come." Now, his parents uh, don't take them take him there, do they? I thought the 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 they. Wait, hold on. So, how is the Go Go Girl connected? It's his to the mother parents? that takes her, I think. I thought his mother was with his father, the scientist, and watched setting up the big conductors. And I thought the Go Go Girl and her boyfriend took them to bur- took the child to Burning Man so he could dance well, among the a, flames. That that is it's a family. That affair. is correct, but they still allowed them. Yeah. Like, the parents were still like, just, yeah, go. I- I'm going to sit here in this bed, yeah. never showing any emotion whatsoever. <laughs> and while you guys go to your to your orgy rave at the Death Volcano. Well, the, inter- um, the interesting thing, so, I say, about the Showa era, the, m- the more later you get in the series, the-, the more, like, jaded the people of Japan are to the presence of, like, these giant monsters causing havoc everywhere they go. Like, in the first Godzilla... It's devastating, like, the worst thing that's ever happened. By this one, people are like, oh, there's monsters fighting. Let's go check it out. <laughs> like, there's, there's a part whenever uh, Hedera and Godzilla first meet, and we're at the, uh, after, like, the guy and the go-go girl leave the acid club, when they could easily drive away, and they just kind of sit there and watch it happen. And they're in <laughs> mortal peril, but they're like, it's almost like an expression of, oh, this is kind of cool. Let's, let's check this out. It reminds me of in Oklahoma when there's a tornado, people know better than to go watch it, but they still do. <laughs> <laughs> Until it gets really close. Like, oh, we got to get out of here. There's a tornado coming. It, I have a sneaking kind of suspicion that people... Aaron would be the one watching the, that tornado. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, a little callback. I am, in my mind, invincible to tornadoes. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, I would I would have been fine doing that. Yeah, this movie is absolutely insane. This is insane in a way that no other Godzilla movie that I can remember have seen. A lot of them, I think the only one that would come close would be uh, uh, King Ghidorah versus uh, Godzilla. I know. Which is of, uh, kind of... Of the Heisei series? Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, that has a level of these weird time travel. Oh, yeah. And, I mean that's also a really batshit crazy movie. Yeah. But it's a it's a different kind of convoluted batshit. Yeah. That this movie is just this is this is weird David Lynchian surrealism. Yeah. There's bizarre. The, a lot of Godzilla movies. In fact, I'd say most Godzilla movies are insane, 
because they have so much going on in the plot, like they're throwing like Indiana Jones like homages and Terminator ripoffs and World War II sequences and giant monsters. But usually it's just because they're throwing so much at you. This is a whole other kind of weirdness. I, I put in my notes, this is like a cross between The Electric Company, a Godzilla movie, and a Jean-Luc Godard film. I, I, <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. Like, there's these sequences in this movie that can best be described as educational animation sequences. <laughs> that don't really have yeah, any let's like yeah let's let's save those animation sequences because okay i want to talk about those i, I want to talk about uh some broader stuff about the movie before we drill yeah down. Yeah, yeah. yeah every time i see those animation sequences i forget they're there <laughs> and i'm equally um amazed and weirded out so the first thing that i want to talk about in this movie from from a broader uh theme was because and Zach or Peter, you can correct me. You guys have both seen the original movie, and I know that, uh, Peter, you haven't seen all the other ones, but this movie is the only Godzilla movie that, besides the monster destruction aspects, feels of a piece with the original thematic. Oh, yes, definitely. In that the original was about, the obviously, the fears of external destruction. Mm-hmm. It was about, you know, uh, atomic fears. It, and, it was, and that was, uh, you know, personified, may, might not be the right word, but yeah. monsterified by uh, by Godzilla literally mm-hmm. being a walking nuclear terror. In this movie, the rest of them are all, they're fun, they're escapism, <laughs> they're, they're giant monsters fighting monsters. I don't know how... You could dislike that. Yeah. Uh, this is the only other one that I can think of that actually tackles, um, instead of an external threat to Japan, an internal threat, which was, uh-huh. hey, this this is the world. We're, we're, we're no longer being besieged by enemies, but we are destroying ourselves. It, it, but yeah. it's, it's not quite as simple as that. It's, it's, uh, if I recall, the, I don't, obviously I, I might be wrong here because uh, the movie is batshit insane and plot is not its <laughs> primary concern. It seems like... Humans helped create pollution, and then humans uh, created a system wherein this meteorite or something came in from space. They're talking about space during one of the animated sequences, and by animated, I guess just mean hand-drawn. It sounded like something came from space, uh, attached itself to some sort of slime creature or something, attached itself to the pollution, and gained stronger from our pollution, which mirrors, at the end of the movie, the fact that Godzilla can't beat Hedorah without... The human's conductor, but the conductor doesn't work without Godzilla. <laughs> so it's like it's like it's like a nice mirror effect on the plot, but it, it does muddy the waters with the fact that it's like you already could have just had a monster created purely out of pollution, and that monster is fucking up Godzilla's home, the ocean. And and so Godzilla, who hates pollution, and it is established through voiceover that he hates pollution, uh, it it could have just been that Godzilla hates pollution and this monster arrives at a pollution and then Godzilla has to take it on. So I get what you're saying that it's like it is – it is definitely taking on real world threats. It's not just about big monster aliens. It's but it, it muddies the water by also being about an alien coming in. Uh, it, yeah. True, but he still. I mean, he still feeds on pollution. There's no that was. I mean, I I admit that that is a completely unnecessary <laughs> addition to to the lore. But I mean, if you watch all these uh, you know show of movies, they fucking love aliens. Yeah. So of course, there's going to be some alien stuff in there. But. Um, 
it's still it still wouldn't be a threat without without the pollution yeah. and, and the smog and stuff. So I, I agree with you. It's not as I mean, you're not going to find much debate from I guess anyone but Roger Ebert <laughs> that the original is a better movie than this. I'm saying from a thematic standpoint. This is the only other Godzilla movie that kind of tackles that social commentary. allegory for yeah. a, a threat. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah that's, I haven't seen the, the enough of the movies, but yeah, Zach, do you do you think that that, that holds up? Oh uh, yeah, the I, other movies try and take on this. This is probably the only one. Heisei that comes close a couple times. The movies in that era, but this is the only one that like is just a head-on message movie like the first one, and it really is like. As you've said, the message is kind of muddy, but that's just because at this point it's become more science fiction than monster movie. The series they they are in love with aliens. There's aliens in like every movie, but like you think about it, I put somewhere that this is like a very Japanese movie because they're like they're all like taking the blame for this smog monster like instant like <laughs> <laughs> like it, really it's not their fault entirely i mean there there was the pollution but, but yeah i mean it's they're, they're all about you know taking the responsibility for this thing and saying you know we created this thing we have to help destroy it they're even kind of like there's even kind of like a sense that like they owe it to godzilla to help even though godzilla has repeatedly destroyed their cities he's kind of their friend in this case like <laughs> He's like, he's their oh, buddy wow. from the start, which is kind oh, of interesting. Yeah. yeah, it's he's more than their friend. He's like an old retired gunslinger that they call yeah. out of retirement. That's, That's true. Exactly Save the city one more time. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and it's interesting how quick. Like I said, they established through voiceover that Godzilla hates pollution, <laughs> and it is interesting though how and one of the things that I do like about some of these middle movies where Godzilla is is sort of friendly but not. Um, like Godzilla doesn't high five the kid at the end. Godzilla just <laughs> walks away from the kid, right? He uh, he says goodbye. To, the kid says goodbye to him, and Godzilla is is kind enough not to uh, step on the kid. So it, it, the interesting thing about it is that it, it's almost like at the beginning they established that part of the reason I think they established part of the reason that. Godzilla's pissed is because the pollution is fucking up his home and he's like lighting pollution on fire long before, which apparently Godzilla doesn't give a fuck about global warming. He just cares about the fact that his his water has a plastic beach in it. Oh, yeah. Uh, One environmental problem at a time. <laughs> so he, he decides to, he sets all that shit on fire and it's like, it's nice that it's establishing that Godzilla has parallel, parallel but non-conflicting interests with us. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and and in that way, it makes him more endearing that he's not against us, no. But yeah. he's also independent. He's not like mankind's... Uh, he's he's, he's kind of like Jack Sparrow. Like, yeah. Or I should say, Jack Sparrow's like Godzilla. You know he's kind of... He might do the wrong thing. He might do the right thing. Eh, but he's probably going to do the right thing. But he's also not going to hang out with us afterwards. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's, yeah. He's, on his own, he's on his own quest regardless. Um, can you say that? Yeah, that was always my problem. Was there, there definitely are a few movies where Godzilla is just everyone's buddy. <laughs> People will talk to Godzilla and there's like this weird friendly interaction and those were always and I mean that's all Showa series. Yeah. Um, those were always my least favorite of those just because you know I, I always liked the indifferent monster version of Godzilla where maybe he's not out to destroy Japan and that yeah. was really only in a couple movies. At the very least just has doesn't care. Yeah. Now this one he does care but I my favorite version of him was this 
again, just just monster who, look, he's going to attack things, he's going to trample, he's going to move. He's not out to get humanity, necessarily. He His interests are almost completely uh, unknowable to us and vice, he, vice versa. He's yeah, like would a, you go out of your way, would you go out of your way to step on an ant? No, <laughs> like, we're just, it's... it's yeah, but I'm, wor- I'm working through that with my psychology. <laughs> like, he's he's kind of like a, he's kind of like a bear who wandered into a town. That bear doesn't care bear. about any of those people he's a bear he just you know kind of there we don't know what he's thinking but if you get in yeah. his way he will maul you like what <laughs> <laughs> if you just stay out of his gonna, way yeah i was actually gonna compare yeah. him to a bear in terms of physicality and the funny thing oh, is yeah. i watched i watched part of this uh with my girlfriend who called it one of the worst movies she's ever seen and then fell asleep wow. <laughs> <laughs> she compared him to a bear we compared him to a bear uh in terms of physicality and we both found him uh, adorable in a way those videos of dancing bears are where yeah. he's just like and and it's one of those things where recently they were talking about the new god the last godzilla movie they're like oh haha godzilla got so fat i wish that godzilla were fatter because i think it would make him even cuter because he's like straight up adorable in this movie <laughs> he does all these dances and these weird little hand movements but he does it with like the shyness of a bear trying to mimic human movements <laughs> Like, yeah, I like, think I'm supposed to dance like this. That, that and I, that and I also think he's. I have to believe was somewhat inspired uh, once again, like Life Force, uh, through drugs. <laughs> and I, it almost feels like he's he's rubbing his face like someone who's like coming down off some sort of high. Well, there's just to feel there, himself again. There's a moment where he 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 looks at Hetera and scratches his chin like thoughtfully like how am i gonna do this <laughs> <laughs> yeah what he keeps doing this thing yeah, where he, he wipes his face and i don't and i'm not sure what the actor is trying to convey i think it's kind of like when a dog like hears a noise it doesn't like and they kind of paw at their face like Argh. i think it's something like that I, I love it he has so much more characterization as a um, as almost uh, see the problem with that sentence is that I said I was about to say he has so much more characterization as a character, but um, <laughs> he has a lot more personality in him, and not the goofy personality yeah. that I think when the show and movies got it wrong, it was all like you know crazy sound effects and goofy wah 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 what's going on? And this one I think they really got that sense of there's something going on. That we don't understand. He is not a just straight up destruction machine. He has a thought process, but all those weird movements, all that, all those bizarre, I'm going to touch my face now, mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. Um, it, it made it feel more like some sort of unknowable monster, which again, my favorite version of it. Yeah. And yeah. I think that I haven't seen Son of Godzilla or like God- Godzilla Jr. What's that cartoon called where God- Godzilla has like a, a son? That's not a that's not a cartoon. Those are two of the movies. You know? <laughs> no, there's a, isn't there a cartoon where... There was there a cartoon, cartoon where- called Godzuki or some nonsense. Godzuki. There we go. So like the, the, the error in making Godzilla have to be too close to us and sort of turning him into like a scrappy dude type character um, is, <laughs> is that I think that that's the wrong impulse for even if you're trying to attract little kid audiences. I think that this movie, this movie perfectly summarizes what little kids want. And wherein, yeah, Godzilla never high fives the kid. Godzilla, the, the kid has Godzilla toys at the beginning. Like he is, Pro Godzilla, like oh, yeah. from the start. Uh, Godzilla is his actual god from the beginning. Uh, it reminded me, and I, I liked that little scene where he's putting the Godzillas down the slide because um, the fact that this little kid would be a little scared of this this massive thing and that little bit of terror 
blows up his interest in it so much um, is super believable because like what do little kids love? They love dinosaurs. They love trucks. Mm-hmm. They love they love tools of war. Like little kids love like big uh big uh like threatening objects yeah. and uh like when i was a little kid i had an obsession with uh dinosaurs which actually i didn't mention during my intro thing the my first exposure to godzilla was the the matthew Broderick, uh roland emmerich or whatever godzilla mm. the, the american one from 1998 the zilla one and i i yeah. liked it because i was young enough to just be like, oh, it's like more Jurassic Park. <laughs> and then I get older and I was like, oh, it's just like a shitty Jurassic Park. Um, but yeah, so I, as a kid, I loved dinosaurs. So I would have, I, I also would have been in the camp for Godzilla. And it wasn't because I thought Godzilla and I would like, I, I, Godzilla would come over and play Genesis with me. It's because Godzilla is a big motherfucker that crushes things. Like you're, when you're a little. I know you probably, I know you probably mean Sega Genesis, but I like the idea of Godzilla coming over and rocking some Phil Collins led progressive rock. <laughs> yeah. Album. Excuse me, my name is Peter. Uh, Peter. With you, I- Godzilla prefers Peter Gabriel era Genesis. By far, as does Peter Gabriel Moran. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, now, though, though now, Peter, the one, the one problem with the with the kids stuff that you're talking about, though, is that if you were going to show a kid a Showa era Godzilla movie, I don't know if I could think of a worse one. Because <laughs> this one has people being gassed from movie, the sky. <laughs> now, now, now we, we've done Death Wish 3, we've done Life Force, we've done Repulsion. I'm going to say, I think this is the most psychotic movie that we've done. <laughs> maybe not the most graphic, maybe not the most graphic, maybe not the most brutal, but this is the most psychotic movie that we have done so far yeah. in our whole five episodes. it might it, that or life force has that this or life force has the highest body count for sure uh this movie so casually drops the deaths of millions <laughs> and uh, what, what can be a, enough to the point where they decided to have an end of the world prince's 1999 style burning man concert where they just like they're just like well if we're gonna get a well, if we're going to get crushed and we're going to get gassed to death, like, why not go have a big party near uh, the mountain? And I'm like, yeah, I would totally go to that party. Zach, I can't even remember if they show people dead in the other Godzilla movie. Yeah, in the first one, there's, like, a, a hall of people that have, are dead or dying, like a, like a medical hall. And if I remember right, there's some in Raid, Godzilla Raids again. It's not common. Yeah, like, Godzilla Raids Raid again is the, interesting because it's like, drops all of the subtext about nuclear war i guess text about nuclear war and, and then it's just a really dark godzilla movie which is actually why i liked it as an immediate sequel like it felt dumber yeah. but it felt like his heart its tone was in the, in the same place i could totally see corpses being in godzilla it's Raids a, it's a well. transitional it's a transition from like social commentary of the first one to like goofiness of king kong versus godzilla <laughs> so like they, had, they can't just go straight from godzilla where you know it's this serious pretty dark movie to King Kong, a man in a monkey suit, you know, fighting Godzilla. They had to have a Who's step Powered by electricity. There. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Godzilla Raids again is still pretty dark. I'm pretty sure there's corpses in both of those. It's not common. This is probably the darkest one after the first one. Yeah, they show a fucking cat dead. Yeah. And linger on it. 
It's really weird. It's really weird. Yeah, because because the movie yeah it has little kids in it. It has little animated sequences. Which actually the first couple animated sequences are really light. The third one is really creepily post apocalyptic. Um, do you guys the, want to talk about the, the animated sequences? The, yeah. The third one. The third one I fucking loved. The third one could be in another creepy movie because it's just uh, hand drawn animation, super super simple, and it's describing how since Hedorah is so Hedorah is essentially. Uh, grown from the muck, arisen, he fights Godzilla, whatever. But what he's also doing is gassing and murdering people with both its his like shit slinging mud powers and yeah, this air pollution gas thing that it has, where it's just basically dropping nerve gas on people. And yeah. there's a there's an animated sequence that's essentially just explaining the plot point that like, oh yeah, um, lots of people just died and now there are oxygen gas masks out for uh, to try and prevent deaths from Hedorah death, uh, Hedora gas. And I don't get the sense that the masks are working because the voiceover is so <laughs> it's so defeatist sounding. It's just like, you yeah. can get a gas mask. No promises. Well, there's there's the one animated sequence and it, it it's it's very it's like a uh, it's like the kind of animation you might see like late at night on Adult Swim, or it just kind of like there's weird segues into things, and there's at one point where there's two people walking, and then they go into silhouette, and then their faces separate from their bodies, <laughs> and then slide over until they cross each other, and then that shape that that makes becomes part of a map. That is on a news broadcast, and that explanation doesn't sound like it makes any sense. But that's exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> like such, that, but that's like that's like mushroom logic. This movie has has a lot of mushroom logic. Like man is so polluting the earth that a literal monster will rise from it, and and we're destroying our planet. But like maybe our planet will will rise up and and defend us. Like it's like weird cosmic. Yeah, uh, now we should place. we should get out of the way that Hedera looks exactly like Sweetums, the Muppet who's really big. <laughs> He's a gray Sweetums, gray Sweetums. <laughs> and, he, he does, and I and I think I think that's the other reason why I call this the most psychotic movie that we've ever done because. First of all, most of these monsters are just either goofy or they want to destroy things or actually most of them just want to kill Godzilla. That basically becomes the plot for at least 50% of these movies. Hedorah does seem to just want to kill people. And based on the look in his eyes, he just looks like a fucking psychopath. He's, he's yeah, like a cold serial killer monster. Yeah, and he looks, but he like has little giggles when he kills people. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a level of uh, malevolence Mm -hmm. to him. He is like, you know, usually aliens send him to kill people. (laughs) He's definitely uh, a destroyer of worlds type character. But he doesn't seem to, you know, his head's just kind of shake around crazily. There's not that much, uh, there's not a level of just, I am an empty evil shell that only gets its kicks from killing people. But this guy does. King Ghidorah is like Dr. Doom. He's evil and he wants to destroy things, but he also like he's kind of cartoony and wants more just wants to rule over everything. Hedder is like the Joker or like John Wayne Gacy. He just wants to mess <laughs> everyone's uh, everyone up and kill them all. Can I can I drop one uh, minor gripe about uh, Hedera? <clears throat> so he transforms. So he has multiple forms, right? He starts off mm-hmm. sort of like a. Um, a quadrupedal crawling thing. I guess not quadrupedal. The movie does a decent job actually of hiding the actor's hands and arms. He's a crawling thing, and then he becomes a flying thing, and then a 
standing thing? Like, what are the? Mo- there's four modes, right? Mm-hmm. There's a, there's literally a, there's literally a I think actually five like three up maybe there's there's literally a graphic that has like uh, yeah. all the screens and I was like I called it there, I was like the last one's gonna be a question mark <laughs> Do you, yeah you think there's five can you can you break that down well because it, it, it shows like it shows nebulous? us doesn't it show us four and then it says the fifth one is the question marks am I right yeah I can think of two standing modes one crawling mode and the flight mode the the editing in this movie is like a collage it's not like traditionally edited where you know establishing shots master shot and then back and forth from characters every every scene begins on a weird if if it just traditionally edits to something or cuts to something it begins on like a fish tank or a mannequin in a sludge puddle or a fish face a person with a fish for a head or acid rock club it never just like eases us into anything it throws us into every scene in the middle of the craziest moment it's very like disorienting and that's why I, that's why i like to compare it like every time i watch this i think this is like if jean-luc godard made a godzilla movie because it just feels like he does that whoever made it or edited it or shot it doesn't care how comfortable we are watching it. He wants us to be like confused and disoriented. Yeah, it, it has this. It has this quality of it does. I, I could see the Godardian thing. I didn't pick up on that at first. I think. I think that a good entryway into that style would be the yeah the Acid Rock Club, where we meet some characters. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that feels very like that feels very like bumping sixties young young people or, or, deal, or yeah. dealing with the ways of their time kind of thing. But it, it also has this sort of yeah it has this it cuts between like newsreel footage it has this sort of like poppy 60s aesthetic that i think serves it well for how disjointed mm-hmm. the story is yeah it felt like the kitchen sink version like let's let's do every little trick let's do every little component um and just add whatever whatever the director feels like yeah. which again very Godard, very a lot of those new wave directors mm-hmm. feels very influenced by even even for a Godzilla movie. Now the the last point I want to make on why this is the most iconic movie that we've done. The last so this is the only Godzilla movie I can think of where more than a third of the movie is the final battle. Normally there's yeah. a lot of little battles, there's there's all the stuff and just the last thirty minutes of a of an hour and twenty six minute movie mm-hmm. is is them doing their final battle. I mentioned earlier it feels like sometimes stages. Why it's psychotic is that Godzilla is punching through Hedora <laughs> and black blood is coming out, ripping off parts of them, just literally tearing this this monster to shreds. Normally the other movies are these like kind of boxing matches. Yeah. This is just Godzilla dissecting a body to the point where at the end he just is flinging off parts and celebratory music is playing. He's <laughs> dancing and then stomping those parts into little bits and then disintegrating them with his fire breath. Yeah. <laughs> it's and the thing is there's that crazy. scene that scene happens twice. We get to see Godzilla tearing into this thing and pulling out its its heart, its its ovaries, its testes. I have no idea what they're yeah. supposed to be. These orbs of power. I, wh- it's, whatever it's they are, these- it would be it would not be wrong to say it's balls. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I exactly. mean, whatever they are, it's it, whatever they are. They're important. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the thing, prob- <laughs> the thing probably doesn't want them removed. So it, he tears through them, and then and then there's another fight, and then he comes back, yeah. and he's like, "Well, now I gotta really tear into you." And then yeah, exactly. Then he's just flinging parts all over the place. Yeah, it feels way more 
more psychotic, especially compared to like yeah, Godzilla versus King Kong, where at one point he just kind of like shoves a tree in the dude's mouth. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's he's meaning the literal definition of decimating someone, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and the movie is is joyously like celebrating that in the in the music that accompanies his final defeat, where it's just joyous music played over him stomping on dust particles of the like you know it's it's the please stop he's already dead moment and he just just <laughs> I get that he needs to disintegrate everything, but he's like beating a dead body. You know, he's, he's the guy in the bar just punching a body that's already dead and blood is pouring out. And everyone's like, please, please stop this. This is, you know, this is terrible. It's, it's, it's gone on far too long. And on top of how Godzilla is treating Hedora, you also have the fact that Hedora's primary mode, besides his weird one-eye monocle laser, his primary mode of attacking Godzilla is whipping shit at him. <laughs> this movie has more shit than fucking sallow and it's like people die in pools of diarrhea shit i suppose maybe it's supposed to be pollution but i don't know how anyone could watch this movie and not be like there's just there's a ton of shit in this godzilla (laughs) and it's used as a weapon (laughs) And and that's the thing is that at different points in the movie his powers are so varied which one the one gripe i wanted to mention is that he switches between these modes um and and i think that he has kind of a fun physicality where he's supposed to be this oozing monster with tendrils and he's he has this like he shoots out these like mud attacks like you get the, the sense that he's just like a ceaseless discharge he just he just kind of like shoots this this mud out and he oozes it all over the place and like even in the scene early on where uh, godzilla is whipping him around godzilla is actually accidentally killing people because this thing is so toxic. Hedro yeah. is so toxic that he, he, the mud is actually flying through people's windows and killing them like independently. I like this the physicality and one gripe about that is that he switches between that and his flight mode just with like a stupid like magic change, <laughs> which would be which would be fine for like a space alien monster, but this is like something that's shown us a pretty interesting physicality. I think that's kind of an unfair complaint to a. <laughs> A movie where the monsters are primarily um, people in suits. Yeah. That they made this movie, more than any of the other ones uh, make in the show era, make the monster look less like a person in a suit. Maybe a person in rags, fine. Yeah. But... But does he need to fly? I feel like that... <laughs> does he yeah. need to fly? Like, like is that... Compared to why Jet, does he need that motive? Compared to Jet Jaguar, which is literally a man in a suit who looks like a man, just giant. <laughs> this is pretty <laughs> impressive. You gotta admit I think it's. I know you're just complaining about the not the design, but the transformation scenes yeah. themselves. <laughs> and I think that this is where your previous gripe about aliens doing it comes into play. That you can just say this is this is aliens. Did yeah, this. I think the, I think the one issue is that I've recently discovered that some of my favorite horror movies, like the remake, the 1980s remake of The Blob, I really like these monsters. There are these like dripping goo piles that like are sort of amorphous and can like yeah, like the, they're very touch corrupts things. Like I, I like those sort of monsters. So that was that was sort of like a oh man, you broke your own rules. So let's let's get into some more specific scenes because. Holy shit, guys. I want to talk about the club scene. Uh, yeah. yeah. I ha- how about the fact... All right, there has to be a part where... I don't know if it's supposed to be that he has been... His drink has been dosed or that he's been s- slipped drugs of some sort. 
but he just out of the blue starts hallucinating that everyone has a fish head. Is I thought that was I, for a second I couldn't. I really had the question, and I actually left this on the table earlier because um, it was something I really <laughs> wanted to talk about on the air. So, is it a fish head, or is this club just really into? At one point, everybody puts on a fish head. It could be that. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be a hallucination because when you see all their corpses a few moments later, they don't have the fish heads anymore. Yeah. I think what it's trying to tell us is that addiction is the greatest monster. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, um, I thought they just wanted to die with digni- dignity and, and not as some sort of weird Lovecraftian hybrid. It's, and actually, I don't know if that was the message, but it is that scene of him uh, just kind of looking at everyone having fish heads is intercut with scenes of Hedorah sucking on smokestacks yeah. inside of the club. That, so if they were trying to make a moment of like addictions of the real killer here, yeah. they really uh, th- those were good parallels. It's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. I mean just so they wanted to note that uh, Hedorah vapes. Now everything about that scene is just like a scene from Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas so much so that I can't possibly <laughs> believe that Terry Gilliam was not influenced by it. It's just too <laughs> big of a coincidence. Am I right? Wow, that's a that's a really nice yeah, comparison. Yeah. These like weird hybrid animal yeah. people things, just like dancing and reveling in their own mad, their own mad mad dance. Yeah, and it's they... I mean it's got this crazy acid aesthetic. There's the like acid rock playing in the background and the in the weird you know colored water light show in the back. And of course, there's a woman wearing a leotard with the weirdest design I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> or I, should say, I should say a unitard, not a leotard. And yeah, how, dare, how dare you? Yeah, I, I'll, yeah I, think, I think most arousing is the, is the word. Yes, yeah, there's, there's that. And she's also it wearing a, fish, fish makeup, I believe. Makeup yes, fish, she is. Fish things on, and, which is part of the And the best is, and now you have to give it to the, uh, whoever was in charge of continuity on this movie, they were dynamite because she still has that fish paint on when they get in the car. And the folks who early on in the film, the father and son who get injured by Hedora, they have bandages on the entire film. Like, Oh, you're right. In most movies, people get injured and then like a scene later, they're fine. These guys are like fully bandaged until the end of the movie. <laughs> which which I think kind of works because I think this is, uh, un- unlike some Godzilla movies, I think this one is supposed to take place pretty quickly. I think we're supposed to get yeah. the sense that, like, the, the, yeah, like not a matter of, of months, yeah. but a matter of days I mean, or even weeks. I will say the way it's edited, time is meaningless. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> but And the great thing is the guy who's in the bed covered in bandages, his almost entire role is just to kind of fill us in on what's going on. He's the exposition guy. and <laughs> He failed. He I, failed mightily. <laughs> I love that he is can literally confined to one position in a bed for 90% of the film. Half of his face covered in bandages. Yeah, and he... <sighs> and- and he does not get, seem to give a shit <laughs> no. after he gets injured. No, just, he's happy-go-lucky. He is so just like, yeah, he's he's waiting for death. Even he's, <laughs> He doesn't care about his kid. Um, also, I don't think at that point the mom cares about the kid either. No one, because like the, the, kid is, the kid is trying to talk to the mom. He's like, hey, I saw a Godzilla fight. Fight this weird pollution monster. And, this, and, and the mom's like, well, if you saw it happen in your dreams, I'm sure it's true. I'm going to go <laughs> back to doing this. And then they're like, go to the orgy rave at the volcano where the monsters are coming. We don't, we don't care. I'm going to work with the military. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Aaron, you come from, Aaron, you come from the 
this generation of helicopter parents who won't wouldn't let you go to orgies <laughs> until you were at least thirteen. So yeah, this was the era when they still had lawn darts. I mean, this kid's parents are <laughs> are. Uh, are pretty good. Now it is a. Th- it's it's funny how much of a non-entity that that main guy ends up being, who you think is going to be like the father of the kid, and he just seems disinterested in solving the problem, <laughs> and he just stays flat on his back. You think he would, and and maybe that's not the actor's fault. Maybe it's really hard to give a good performance. It seems like you're passionate about saving the world when you have to lie flat on your back for most of the movie. <laughs> but it still is this weird moment where you're constantly thinking, fine, man, whatever you're saying. To the point that I think it wasn't till till this watch that I even knew that he really was working with the military on there. <laughs> let's let's use electricity reflectors just because he was so boring to watch. I don't know if my brain just shut off. Now, let me ask you, did you guys watch it with a dub? Oh, yeah, we should talk about that. So, Zach, I think, is more of the purest of, a, of us now, three. Well, let, um, let, I, I definitely watched it with subs. So, I can't speak to this particular dub. I will say this. I saw Godzilla 2000 dubbed and I saw it subbed. It's a night and day difference. <laughs> no, now, really? There's, there's, there's still plenty of, of goofiness in all of them. You, you, I mean, you saw this movie. If it were subtitled, it wouldn't be any less insane. But it's 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 got. It's, I'm sure it's got a different dynamic because Japanese is a really hard language to to like dub and be accurate. It doesn't have a like a clear connection to any other language that's out there. Watching watch Godzilla 2000 with the dub and it the lines get the idea across. But if you watch it with the subtitles, it like they're not saying anything close to what, <laughs> what they're being dubbed. Yeah. So, I, so, Peter, did you end up watching with dubs? I watched it with dubs as I watched a, a, Let, a let's, couple. Let's of say them. dubs and subtitles. Yeah, I watched. I, I watched. Clip, I watched dubs. Um, I was rolling on dubs for this one because the way I watched uh, about five of the post everything uh, after Godzilla raids again. I think most of the ones that I've seen um, were, were dubbed in the cut that I could watch on like streaming. Like Amazon had a handful of them, and might still um, a lot of them were dubbed. I just went along with it because the general yeah. tone of the movie was already that like these movies I, I after the second one I don't really care too much about characters and the dialogue <laughs> didn't seem to be that interesting like the dialogue yeah. the dialogue seems to be purely transactional and like I'm not a purist about this stuff because like I don't think in these later era movies it suffers that much from having that bit of weirdness because they're already so disjointed and strange that it's just like one more thing in with the bundle and it's not the straw that broke the camel's back for me it might be for you Zach but yeah and I think I think it's uh it's actually very illuminating to find out that Zach only was able to watch these movies for the first time when the versions that you know that you watch Zach had the option for subtitles yeah. as opposed to to dubbing English. So when I watched mm-hmm. them, showing my age seventeen years ago, <laughs> that was it. There was there was no way to watch these movies yeah. with subtitles, and in many cases, the original versions. Like I, uh, I saw Godzilla: King of the Monsters, not knowing until maybe ten years later that there was a. That, that Steve Martin, uh, <laughs> Raymond Burr's character, was not part of the movie originally. It actually seemed, and, and there's parts of King Kong versus Godzilla that I would love to see the original version now, knowing that, you know, there was these, and it, it makes sense that there was these uh, English-speaking American characters. Yeah. But I did not know that there were, I did not know that those were inserts. And so the the dubbing, while, while almost any movie I watch nowadays, 
I want to watch it in the original language. And most of the Godzilla movies that I've since acquired on Blu-ray, where they have the option either a longer cut or have the have the subtitles, I have uh, at least one time watched them with mm-hmm. the original language with subtitles. I know there's an element of blasphemy at play at, at play <laughs> here when you should be when you should be listening to the original actors, but. Just the way I watched Godzilla originally, I'm not saying that it's needed to add to the goofy charm, but it was such it was such a part of me falling in love with Godzilla. Yeah. The way that the dialogue didn't match, and the, and like you said, the vocal, uh, the way the mouse moved didn't match. It was such a part of the whole Godzilla experience that for me, it's just it's part of watching a Godzilla movie. Like, yeah. This is how it's supposed to to sound. And feel if that yeah, happens. and right. I, I I agree, and I agree. Also, I should make it clear that like I watch ninety nine percent of foreign language movies with subtitles, and actually refused. <laughs> I've refused to watch movies before that had dubbing. I, I try to do that because it's the director's intent, and usually yeah. uh, people that are actually in the scene are more invested than people that are in a studio booth. <laughs> yeah, I think that Aaron's on to something with the the dubbing in that like a lot of people's experience of these big monster movies is uh, catching them on cable. And uh, with the dubs and sort of like popping in and out, and, and you know the dubs are the dubs are like I said very transactional. It's very much like well now Godzilla is doing this, now this big monster is doing that. The dubs are being so transactional really helps you catch up if you're like forty minutes into a Godzilla movie that you caught on cable. <laughs> so it's like a very specific weird case where I'm forgiving of going to to the dubs, and I sometimes do either. Also, when I watch like the first two to two movies i like to watch them with the original language tracks because there's actually really terrific performances in uh, the original godzilla really haunting dialogue that just gets lost in all the the dubs and in the american re-edit yeah and this time too it was so much easier because uh, a little bit of a insight into our process i mean i was taking notes and it would have been much harder for me to take notes uh, with subtitles. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, had, I, I just paused the movie like a hundred times. Oh my gosh, the movie's long enough as it is, Zach. How, how'd you do that? <laughs> it's almost 90 minutes. I do think, I do think, the movie is 85 minutes, and I do kind of feel like there's a, uh, there's gotta be a TV cut out there that's like 65 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> my biggest complaint about this movie is it's an 85 minute movie that feels like it could have 10 minutes trimmed easily. Well, they repeat, uh, they repeat scenes, and they were, and the last fight happens twice. I don't know why the last fight happens twice. Oh, because it was so nice the first time. Why not say twice? <laughs> <laughs> I think it would have had more impact if it was just Godzilla tearing out the, the, the orbs, and then he starts tearing into the guy's piece, like... Or, or just pick one of those as the fight. The coming back to the same area to have the same fight twice. I was like, why is that here? And certain sections where the scientist is explaining how the tadpole thing works twice. Listen, we don't need to hear the origin story of this thing. It's already gassing millions of people. I mean, there's only so many ways that two men in rubber suits can fight. <laughs> it's true. So, it's true. I, mean, I mean, if you're going to have them fight again, you kind of just have to do it. Like, all right, well go whale on each other and this one actually probably has some of the most creative i will say that um because <laughs> yes, yeah, godzilla is buried yeah well there's a godzilla getting buried in the muck which is kind of sad like i almost feel you feel bad for him because he's just like struggling and like drowning 
and like waving his arms around like he can't get up and like he's going nowhere like that just mud diarrhea poop just keeps pouring onto him <laughs> were little kids just screaming in the theater like stop drowning Godzilla <laughs> I don't care if and you gas my family don't drown Godzilla <laughs> I can see why someone might want to trim 10 minutes from it I on the other hand like the the weirdness like there's so much little we- and maybe this isn't what someone would trim but I feel like if it were to get the hack job the, the stuff that would go would be like the best stuff there's a sequence that goes on for probably too long but <laughs> it's of like multiple like TV screens of people yelling at Hedera oh, I, I love that sequence that sequence <laughs> is great that's, it has that's no it has no bearing on the scenes before or after it <laughs> It's it's weird. It's like a I don't even know how to describe it. It's it's like a really nice way to describe the like it, it's it's a nice way to capture you know that people are really angry and pissed off about this monster that's destroying their and lives it's, and, it's without a, just showing two people mad in like a coffee shop. <laughs> yeah, it's a scene that kind of seems like something it would be in Sesame Street. Honestly, like that's what this is like at times. Like out of nowhere. A picture of like an animated picture of Hedera and the word cheerful appears on the screen. Why was that? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, hold on. Hold on. Before we move in, let's let's talk about the animated sequences next. Yeah. Because I, I think we've we've touched on them a little. I think I think we need a little bit of a deeper dive. I want to get back to what I said about trimming 10 minutes because I'm actually of two minds of it because most of that trimming would probably, like you said, occur in the final fight. I think it goes on too long. But the big difference is it absolutely adds this level of brutality to this movie that is completely unmatched by any of the other Godzilla movies. I said this earlier, every other Godzilla movie is is a boxing match. This one is a street fight, fight to the death. Yeah. No rules. This tear out this, and it, it's it's a weird fight sequence where the first ten minutes, in my opinion, drag on, and the last twenty don't. <laughs> because at some point, there's an additive quality of the fact that oh my gosh, this is still it's going on. It's kind You're of still like ripping parts out. Yeah, it's the monster fight version of the fight from They Live. It starts out, and you're like, this is really long. And then at a certain point, you're like, oh, so that's the point. <laughs> yeah, this is supposed to like, kind of hurt to watch. Like, it's this kind of, like, exhausting. Like, I, I, like you feel it after a bit. And then, as you're right, it is brutal. Like, yep. Godzilla never gets this brutal again. <laughs> or, or before. He's just gouging, like, ripping organs out and <laughs> tearing him to shreds. Triumphantly so. In fact, the only time he, you'd see anything like that again would be the most recent, like, American Godzilla movie when he pulls the jaws apart and blows his fire into the monster and then rips off its head. Oh, my God. It's really it's really brutal in the new one. And I actually kind of liked that them yeah. taking it in that direction because it's it's kind of them saying, like, and I know that the grimdark thing is overdone in a lot of movies nowadays or people yeah. say that. I, I don't really complain about it that but, much. Um, yeah. but, it, but, it, it, but in that movie, it felt like it, they had earned it. Like they're, well, they had and, set up Godzilla, and, this big terrifying monster. And they're like, yeah, of course yeah. he's going to tear off some heads. But even even in the new one, I liked that it didn't feel like – didn't. whenever he does that, it does kind of feel like a pro wrestling like moment. Because he does that kind of cool like – like victory pose afterwards where he like waves his head around in like a cool arch <laughs> as as brutal as it is it still kind of has that cartoony vibe that I, I was glad they even went for one of the things that also separates this movie and and puts it in the same class as 
two of my other favorite Godzilla movies, which are Godzilla vs. Biollante and Godzilla vs. Destroya. Yeah. Hope you like that, Zach. Yeah. Um, hopefully, that the first reference to that makes it into this edit, so anyone <laughs> knows what we're talking about. Uh, but there's 28 Godzilla movies, and most of them have... When it's been Godzilla versus anything, it's been two men in a suit duking it out. Yeah. So they've they've sort of ran out of creative ways to show that version of the fight. Doesn't mean it's not fun. Doesn't mean it's not enjoyable. But the reason that those three movies stand out is you you don't have this bipedal or quadrupedal mm-hmm. animal fighting another animal. You have some sort of weird Lovecraftian or unknowable creature fighting Godzilla, so it allows for a creativity and unexpectedness to those fight scenes that, even though they're great, 90% of the Godzilla movies just aren't able to have. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sort of the um, the flippy nature of the fights, where it's sort of just amb- it has this sort of ambling, floppy quality to it, is part of the charm in a lot of these movies. Mm-hmm. Because obviously, you could take make a Godzilla movie and have it have the tightness of a raid movie, but that would totally <laughs> change the tone of it, and it would make it a different sort of fun. I'm not saying it wouldn't be fun. I'm saying it would be a different sort of fun. And this movie is fun because it's just it. it you do kind of get the sense that like. <laughs> If, like, one actor accidentally overthrew the other one, that the movie would just kind of keep shooting. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're just like, oh, yeah, he accidentally threw him down to keep shooting. Obviously, the dudes are still in the suits. One thing one thing I think the biggest problem with trying to do this kind of movie in CG and what, what both Pacific Rim and the most recent Godzilla movie avoided, if you don't, like, make these things feel like they're heavy, slow-moving creatures... They're kind of not fun to watch. Like it's true. I the I always have thought even in Showa when the effects are not. I'll go to bat for most effects in the Showa movies, but I do think like they do a pretty good job of making the, the ten-hour Holocaust documentary. Yeah, those amazing <laughs> effects. The, the the like you really do. They do feel huge, like compared to the people, and the editing helps that. Like there's even the scene when people are throwing those torches at Hedera when they're they're throwing torches and it cuts to what I'm assuming are matches being thrown at the actor, <laughs> and it, it looks it looks really good like it, uh, to me. I mean, I mean, I'm just willing to suspend more. But like, I agree, and, and also it's and, real people throwing torches. I'm like, if one of those tri- one of those people trips, that's gonna be a bad. Thing. <laughs> I, the fact that these are men in big rubber suits moving kind of clumsily and slowly. That's kind of how these giant creatures would move, I would imagine, if they were. There's something. There's a there's a, a, a physicality to that whole like process of effects that even the best CG will have a tough time replicating, just because like it is clumsy. Like there's times when you can tell the guy who's inside Godzilla's suit might have trouble seeing and and walking, and I think that adds so much to like just how the fights play out. I know this is a bigger theme, but I almost feel like the if we're if we're done with shows and we have to give some kind of broad conclusion about what we learned doing this whole podcast, CGI no longer works for me <laughs> because watching a lot more of these movies, it's sort of amazing the way effects and I and I actually think it works better now than it might have in 1971. Probably. You know know what the other version of this is. Yeah. And the other version of this, unless it's an amazingly high-budgeted movie, is garbage that you know is not present in scenes with other stuff and it takes you out of it. Yeah. Here, and in a lot of these movies, there's a level of, at worst, quaint charmingness 
and and not some weird abomination that is actually taking you out of the yeah. yeah. And I and I will go to bat for Pacific Rim any day, as I'm sure both of you guys will. Um, I think Pacific Rim does it right, and it has a somewhat sense of gravity. I'll go, to, yep, I'll go to bat for it a little. Yeah, I'll go to it for I'll go to bat for it a lot. Um, for, I think it's for, something for, that does it right, but it's a. Cr- I'm gonna get to third base with it <laughs> for, for for the for the physicality of it. Yeah, I do think it nails it. Like those things feel heavy. Overall, the movie, it didn't work for me when I watched it at home, but I loved it in the theater. Yeah, I think it's the best possible version of that because yeah. in your head, you know it's ones and zeros, and you have to sublimate that illusion in your head in the same way that you have to yeah. sublimate that illusion. You're watching a Godzilla movie, like you have to sublimate that illusion of, uh, oh, these are people in suits. You have to like believe that they're a thousand feet tall or whatever. Yeah. In 2014, Godzilla worked because it, complaints about Godzilla not being as visible, it felt like to me that that was their way to balance out the fact that the Godzilla that you knew had a physicality to him. He was interacting with the environment. Mm -hmm. And instead of not using the tools that we have at our disposal, we're going to use them in a really smart way. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's the whole thing with, with how Jaws didn't work. Yeah. Spielberg used Jaws in a way that was effective with the tools that he had. Mm-hmm. Not many CGI that's very hard to do with. I feel like practical effects, even the cheesiest of the cheesy, you don't have to be a master to use them effectively. Yeah. I think one of the, returning to something I just said, I think that um, one of the reasons that the first Godzilla movie works so well is that the black and white helps uh, accentuate the shadow. And I think that this movie, actually the Hedora uh, costume looks really good in the daytime, but it looks best. There's a really great creepy scene of, of Hedora just like stalking a field. It uh, Hedora looks really good at night. And I think that yeah. like yeah, yeah, Godzilla 2014 and uh, Pacific Rim, some of their best fight scenes um, involved using shadows to give to mm-hmm. help your imagination fill in the gaps. Like the best sequence in Godzilla 2014 ever. I can guarantee you guys will name the same one. It's the the Halo flight, the Halo flight, yeah. right? Where the guys are descending and the, and you're just getting flashes of Godzilla and you could just see his yep. massive size uh, in like reverse verticality. Well, I guess in verticality, but uh, yeah, the the nighttime photography is is a really good trick to have in your your book and i think that like this movie doesn't shoot more stuff at night feels a little weird because it is the it is one of the creepier (laughs) it doesn't it doesn't shoot more stuff at night the whole whole last half hour in this dark (laughs) apocalyptic landscape it's not even like dark for night it's like dark in the sense that there's no more sun yeah um, true. And it works really well. One, but that's how that's how dark this the last half of this movie is. I do I do want to move on to the 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 animated sequences oh, yeah. because uh, I think I think we're about to kind of talk about some wrap up stuff and oh, stray yeah. observations. <laughs> and uh, I don't want I don't want us to move past these animated sequences or just leave them mildly touched upon because <laughs> hey guys these are fucking crazy and I thought that when I saw the first animated sequence it's kind of reenacting something that the newscasters had just finished talking about i thought it was part of the goddamn news report and and i and i i thought that every time i've seen this movie because they're so weird i'm like oh yeah these are these are part of these news reports it's kind of a weird way to illustrate what's happening but they're not and on top of animated sequences there's also just random drawings of Uh, nebulae and galaxies <laughs> and space stuff 
And it's not even clear the the way that they show those pictures is there's there's someone on the news talking about or just a character talking about, well, you know, maybe this came from space and then they just show unrelated pictures of space. I have a theory. Wrong. I have a theory about why all right, so there's there's several scenes where there's characters talking, either the news guy or the son and the father, who are both covered in bandages. And, they're, and they're, what they're saying is essentially just more ex- exposition, like, here's what we think Hedera is and where he came from. Um, my guess is that the director's like, well, this is boring just to see two people talk. Why don't I throw some nebula pictures up there? Or some, <laughs> like, it, it's the only thing that makes sense because it's always during something that's not, like, particularly interesting to watch visually. And that's where it comes back again to, like, the movie just doesn't care if you are following it, doesn't care if you're, like, with it. It is just going to keep going whether or not you're there. And, and you got to kind of figure it out as, the, as you go. Yeah, and I think of the well. I'll be totally honest. The first animated sequence made me mad because I thought that that was going to be. I thought there there were going to be vast sections of the movie that were actually animated. Like I thought that I thought that was actually trying to communicate something. Like no, they kind of served the first two at least serve like no purpose. No, none. <laughs> There's even like one of them is him sucking on the top of a factory. They already shot that scene. They shot that yeah. scene with a dude in a suit. You understand why why I thought that those were some weird news versions of reenactments. Well, and making and yeah, definitely. Aaron, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, Aaron, there is like one or two of them that do kind of sag into the news segments, such that you're led to believe that they're part of the news segments. But then there's others that don't. That's why the the first one I thought was because it's it's. It's shown while the newscaster's talking. Yeah. I fucking thought that it was part of the newscast, and then the second one's not at all, obviously. Like, I don't think... Because I think the, the dad is talking? Well, there's there's the one part, whenever the nebula are showing, the dad and the son are talking. And then there's nebula again later, <laughs> when the newscaster's talking. Because there's, there's two nebula sequences. Like, two completely different yeah, ones. Yeah, that's such a weird well to... It was like the director of this movie's main point he was trying to get across was like his child's amazing drawings of different <laughs> uh, space objects. Because it does feel like, why are they going back to this? Well, why didn't they do them all at once? He's like, no, no, no. I got more drawings I'm gonna get out here during this exposition. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, Aaron, is it basically this interview in-universe version of that uh, Korean YouTube channel that just summarizes in really crappy CGI or really wonderful CGI, just summarizes news events? I, I know what you're talking about, but I think I think it's not the news actually doing it. I think it's just the character's subconscious uh, as they imagine the sequence. And that's <laughs> because... That's... <laughs> That's, that's the only thing that actually makes any yeah. sense whatsoever. It's a, we're, for a moment, going into the character's imagining. I don't think it's far-fetched to say that this is a very avant-garde movie. Like, and I, don't just, I don't just mean weird. I mean, like, editing-wise, it's doing things solely to see if they work. Just like, huh, let's try this out. Let's have this scene, the audio from this scene over the top of this other scene. <laughs> or let's, let's show flashbacks to scenes that we never saw. Or because there's a there's a point where they're summarizing the first fight with Godzilla and Hedera, and they cut to shots that were not in that in that scene. And there's then there's a time when they're talking about Hedera, and as they're talking, it just randomly cuts to images of Hedera. They don't necessarily like I, they make sense thematically, but like also like 
It's just like, oh, here's a shot of Hedera you've never seen before. Like, up close and, like, almost like in profile, like, Hedera posed for these pictures. And we should say that the director of this movie was supposed to make a sequel, and he uh, he got kicked off it. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't allowed to make it. To this day, this is now 35, 45 years later, the director is still trying to make a sequel to this movie, <laughs> which is how the movie ends. It, the movie ends with uh, Godzilla leaving and uh, the little Japanese kid, who has kind of been there with him the whole time, yeah. has a fun little comeback Shane moment with him. Then he, you know, Godzilla walks away. Mm-hmm. And then for a second... Uh, they're like the the end, or is there another one? It shows <laughs> the smog monster just back. It's just a shot from the earlier in the movie of him swimming in the ocean, yeah. and then it, it like that's like ten seconds, or is it? It's back, <laughs> and then that's it. He's been trying to still make a sequel to this for forty five years, and yeah, yeah, the, the producers apparently hated it, but he still defends it uh, quite a bit. He got he got demoted from making Godzilla movies anymore after this. <laughs> He got bumped back down the the uh, strict Japanese hierarchy of who gets to direct movies back down to producer, yeah. which is really fast. Yeah, he had to he had to make pollution, which was <laughs> literally the worst thing that could have happened to him based on everything that he cared about. But yeah, he had to just go and dump barrels of oil into the ocean as penance. <laughs> For what was assumed at the time to be a failure of a movie, yeah, just, just um, it, it definitely, yeah, it like I can see why that would be upsetting to anyone who produced this and asked that it be made. Obviously, like whoever or whoever you know said, "All right, we're making a new Godzilla movie." They probably didn't ask for anything like this, but this director is just like, "All right, I'm gonna just go wild with it and did whatever he wanted," and and so I could see why the studio. Like, heads would have been like, look, this is not what we want. <laughs> so, yeah. say goodbye to this franchise. But and at the same see, time, you like... You see, like, weird touches. You can see weird touches of, like, both studio interference and, like, just who this weird guy is. It feels and, like, it's like a movie made for kids and not for kids. <laughs> it's, like, got all this subversive weirdness to it that, like, for a movie that, as a, a child, is its main character, who the human... It spends large amounts of time in either brutal violence or with people who are clearly doing hard drugs. And then there's then there's of course the the like the Burning Man festival that we've mentioned, which I don't think we talked about the fact that that begins in black and white sepia tone and then abruptly switches back to color with like the strum of a guitar. With no warning does that scene go to color. It just all of a sudden is in black and white, and then for no reason it's back in color. It, it feels a little bit like the monkey's head. Yeah, yeah. But like they made a Godzilla movie. In yeah, it. that's actually that's a great that's a great comparison. His head. Thank you, Zach. There's a there's a I, Peter. I, you never tell me I make great <laughs> comparisons. You haven't yeah, made like, one yet. <laughs> at first, I thought that scene was in sepia tone because that was supposed to be like the pollution. Like I think, oh, it's so polluted that like everything is just covered in smog. And then boom, color. Like they strum the guitar, and oh, it's color again. <laughs> like wait, what, what happened? And is that like them bouncing back from de- the depression of their world it, ending. Like I don't know what that is. Possibly, or possibly they thought, hey, you know what would be cool? Let's make just half this scene in black and white, and half of it in color. Yeah, it, this this does feel like a youth revolt type sit-in uh, Godzilla movie, which is kind of perfect for 1971, 1972 yeah. released in the United States. So you know, it works really well. So. 
before we kind of go into final thoughts, um, you know, we've obviously moved through this pretty fast. Yeah. I'm sure there's stuff that we left out. So why don't we go through and talk about like one moment that we didn't get a chance to talk about as we were going through the movie. Um, I, I can start. So uh, this movie opens after a quick prologue with a fucking James Bond uh, yeah. song and title sequence, <laughs> which is amazing and absolutely awesome. And um, you probably heard it at the opening of this uh, podcast, but it's full on like credit sequence, person dancing, except instead of like bullets and someone shooting, it's intercut with just pictures of shit floating <laughs> and I didn't there were no there were and, no subtitles on any of the tracks on my DVD for what she was singing about so I no, can only there assume that she's singing about pollution and see I imagine that she was just singing the credits to us <laughs> <laughs> there, there was also a mannequin in that bile <laughs> like yeah that was uh, there absolutely was yeah, yeah. a dismantled mannequin like, that's, which that's this, pollution right there. <laughs> which, in, in this sort of context where you're ready to embrace the artificiality of a Godzilla movie, you're like, is that supposed to be yeah. an actual corpse? Now, considering that this movie later shows um, a baby being swallowed by <laughs> pollution, it's kind of amazing that they're like, let's let's really ease them in with this blank-faced, no-features mannequin before we <laughs> really... We're going to show people... We're going to show pets. We're going to show a fucking baby <laughs> getting eaten by this black shit. <laughs> Peter, what do you got? So, I, yeah, that was that was one section I wanted to touch on. I also overall wanted to compare the movie to, uh, in terms of environmentally uh, caused uh, monster movies. Uh, there's a bunch of them, but the two notable ones are The Host yeah. and the great Korean movie, which I highly recommend, and uh, Chud. Uh, a great American movie that we should definitely do on the show. We should do both of those movies on the show at some point. And then my other thing is that uh, because of the Godzilla the Godzilla suit, there are multiple points in the movie where I couldn't tell if Godzilla is happy or angry. Did you did you think that you saw a Godzilla erection? <laughs> is that what you're saying? <laughs> suit looks a little tight in this scene. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, that was just my my general comment. Is I don't know whether Godzilla is angry or happy in most scenes, so I just assume he's he's angry about everything. I, I think Godzilla exists in a state of perpetual grumpiness. At the at, at least he's like an old man who is always just kind of mad. Now he can be friendly, but he's even when he's friendly, he's really grumpy. So Godzilla <laughs> is my is is my late grandfather. Um, <laughs> prone to violence. And also prone to being very helpful, but also violent at the same time. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> Unlike my grandfather, I have no reason to believe that Godzilla has ever brought his own can of beans to a restaurant. <laughs> I, I, I thought you said you saw all the Godzilla movies, Zach. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know what he does in his off time. I mean, It's a major plot point in like three of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. I like the idea of the next trivia game when Zach joins us for a Godzilla movie being, did Zach's grandpa do this or, um, or Godzilla? <laughs> that, 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 that will be the next segment. All right, Zach, do you have any My, uh, stream uh, moment that we didn't touch on? Well, there, there's just a couple like small things. Like whenever they're giving the summary of what Hedera has destroyed, there's just a random shot of the thinker, the Rodan sculpture. And and it's interesting to me because yeah. because there is a monster in the Godzilla series named Rodan. And in this movie there is a sculpture by the sculptor Rodan. 
<laughs> spelled differently. But so you're wondering, did a pterodactyl I am, on the statue? I, yeah, I, ha- I have to wonder. Now, is that the parallel they're causing me to draw? In which case, I have to assume yes. I also, I also like the the fact that the music throughout most of the movie sounds like the kind of music you'd hear on like a detective movie of the week from that era. It's the. And, it, and, and it's not like there's a lot of sleuthing going on, so it's just kind of, like, its own thing. Like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I fucking love the music yeah. oh. um, in this movie. It was it was really different than most other Godzilla movies, and yeah. just different in general. Well, and there's, there's, there's times when it reminded me of, like, Morricone. Just the weird, like, hollers and whistles, and it sounds like something from a spaghetti western. Well, it, the whole thing kind of feels like... Clint Eastwood as Godzilla coming out of retirement to <laughs> yeah. go do battle. Like, he doesn't he doesn't really want to. Yeah. I agree with you about his old man nature. Like, he doesn't really want to. He's going to do this. He's kind of working with people. This feels like the military is... A lot of times the military is a big part of Godzilla movies. Sometimes not present at all. This is very much a weird, like, all right, he's coming back for one more fight. Yeah. I, I'll use that to segue into... You should always announce your segues. What you're trying to do on any sort of podcast. The reason I wanted to do this movie for the podcast is, again, I I love Godzilla movies. And I feel like this, we're still establishing a tone for what the podcast is. But batshit insanity is always welcome. (laughs) Even when it's um, batshit insanity on a kind of a pre-existing formula or structure. Yeah. This is kind of an insane movie still to this day. Mm -hmm. Even though they made how many Godzilla movies after this, it's not only the one that I think tried to at least match the thematic resonance of the first movie, but it's also the one that did stuff that no other Godzilla movie even tried to do. Now, it succeeded at some more than others, but it really was... Let's do a bunch of batshit crazy stuff based on this theme about we're destroying ourselves and we'll see what people think about it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I fucking love it. It's worth noting the Showa series is great because every film is kind of like they don't feel like they're using a formula in the first like 15 films. It really does. Every film feels very different. Like they're doing trying out different plots and different structures and different like things to go on. In that, like, crazy stew of different movies, this is somehow more different and weirder than any of them. And that's impressive in a film, in a series where one of the other films involves a kid living in a world where the Godzilla movies exist, going to a fantasy world where God and talking to Godzilla's son. That this is somehow the weirdest of the Showa series is, is a feat in and of itself. Yeah, and there was stuff like Godzilla versus, you know... Uh, Megalodon, which was like, let's be terrible <laughs> experimentally. I like that one. It's 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 got the most stock footage, but it's also got like the is that the one, that's the one with the Kingdom of Atlantis, is it not? That part's cool, but most of that movie is just it, it's not great. I mean, again, yeah, I I don't dislike any Godzilla movie, <laughs> yeah. but it, that that movie's still pretty rough. Yeah, it's it's probably now I would say it's better than Ebra because Ebra is like. All the fights in Ebra are recycled from Megalon. Yeah. That's when they get into the stock footage era, and it's not good. I still watch them. Yeah. I still enjoy them, but it's lazy. <laughs> and now it's time for Peter to jump in and say, so surprise, guys, this was garbage town US. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I will say that I have less enthusiasm for it than you guys. Part of that is my 
lack of understanding the scope of these movies. I understand that it like it, it I do appreciate it for how much it seems to break structure. At the beginning it's a little annoying cuz you're like where is this fucking movie going? Is it is there going to be enough fighting in it? But once the Watching the movie as a cumulative experience, I actually uh, enjoyed it as this really strange movie that kept me on my toes and where it was going at all <laughs> points. Like it, it constantly, it constantly zigged when I wanted it to zag, or it constantly zagged when I thought it was going to zig. Like it, it, I, the last thing I expected in the ending is for them to literally repeat the same fight scene over <laughs> a second time. I was like, how do they escalate this? And I'm like, no, they just flatline it. It has a lot of the things that I really love about um, the Godzilla series, but it's missing a couple of crucial things. And I think my favorite thing so far about watching the series has been the really great miniature work. And this movie doesn't really have that impressive of miniature work. And that's the one one big slag against it. Because I'm not going to judge the movie as like, is the plot in- incomprehensible? Like, it seems like such a s- silly thing to, <laughs> to, to slag these movies for. Like, it's almost a plus at a certain point because it's the weirdness keeps you on your toes, like I said. But yeah, my biggest slag against it is that, uh, yeah, it feels overlong at 85 minutes. Like, I think that there's a... I think that a couple of these Godzilla movies I've seen, I think there's a good 65-minute movie in there that is filled to feature length. And that the... Yeah, like I said, I wanted better, like, miniature work of Godzilla smashing shit and, you know, yeah, like like uh, Zach mentioned, the tree work. I wanted shit like like those little details where it, it really makes it feel like a real world. The closest thing they got to in this was were the trucks near the uh, the electrical grids. The fact that the trucks were little miniatures and they had uh, actual big bright like floodlights shoved into the miniatures, and those were and it appeared as if they were actually those trucks were actually lighting up Hedera in a in a, a shot with with both of them that sort of stuff was cool but that was like the coolest miniature effect i saw in the movie um i could have used a lot more so so more I, of those sort of impressive special effects because that's what i come to these movies for one, one thing that i think that you're touching on that's interesting and that is i think that when you watch i feel like this is true specifically for those 15 show movies and that is when you watch them really is going to impact your overall thoughts on it. So I mentioned at the beginning that this this movie I saw last just based on availability. So it was this weird, crazy, unlike any of the other show movies, which is why when you said, um, hey, my girlfriend's going to watch this, my first question to you was, how many other of the show era Godzilla movies has she watched? Because if this is your first Godzilla movie or your second or your third or even your fifth or sixth of this era, I think this movie is going to seem not as crazy charming as it will once you understand how the movies actually flow together in this era for the most part. This this is a big outlier for their series, but it's not going to feel like an outlier unless you've really understood their formula yeah. and how it goes. So even and also also some of the incomprehensibility of the plot. Like I mentioned uh, Megalodon or um, uh, versus the sea monster, you know, there there is those movies are terrible. And I'm not going to say they're still enjoyable because I like seeing uh, people in suits fight each other, but they're they're just more generically boring, I guess, for the most part. This is so different from the other 14 movies in the same way that 
Moonraker is very much a love it or hate it <laughs> Bond movie because it's very much different than the other Bond movies. This is this is that for Godzilla movies. So when you watch it, how you feel about the other Godzilla movies, I feel like that's going to be the most important thing to how you see this movie. Now, having said all that, the last thing I want to do is talk about a movie that, hey, you should watch this movie. Um, but you should really see the other 14 first. <laughs> so I don't know exactly how to talk about this movie as its own unique object, as you're so fond of saying, Peter, because I think that your enjoyment of it is going to change depending on when you watch it in the show of Godzilla. Series. And that's very possible that I'll return to it and dig it more. But um, the stuff that I've latched onto during the weak points of the movies so far, the stuff that I've latched onto uh, isn't really present here as much. I was never bored with it, so I can't affirmatively give it a negative review. I could just give it a, this was a very interesting movie that clearly seems to break <laughs> a lot of the rules of the series uh, thus far. And because of that, it's more interesting. It's more interesting in the context of the series, which I think is how most of these movies work, right? It seems like they like yeah. do a, yeah. a little twist on the, on the series. They'll take it to a new location, but otherwise, you know, keep it the same or the return of an old enemy that you didn't think would come back or something like that. Like it seems to be the little twists that seem to, to, to do it. So I'll be interested to return to this in a couple years when I I've seen more of the series, but uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think the connecting tissue between everything that we've talked about here is that all of us have pronounced words differently uh, throughout this podcast. <laughs> Um, I decided. I decided it was Hedora, despite all evidence. So, yeah, I said Hedora. I said uh, Heisa, which I've been saying for literally twenty years in regards to the <laughs> series that started with Return of Godzilla. I didn't want to mention it until the very end of this podcast because I don't know who's right and who's wrong. Um, I know I'm, I'm not assuming. I know I, I am wrong. <laughs> I know I'm not saying it very like. I know I'm not saying it 100 percent right. I know at least the vowels I'm saying right. <laughs> so just, I just hope I I just hope that everyone leaves this podcast uh, thinking hetera, hedora, and every other pronunciation are different characters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's yeah. important is we said Godzilla right. Did we? Except for we did. No, we didn't but, even say Gojira. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, even that's kind of wrong. Uh, yeah. So it's hetera, and then his wife. This, this was yeah. They're like, this movie does sound insane. There's like three characters that sound very similar, but are clearly <laughs> distinct and different. Yeah. This this was so much fun, Zach. I'm glad that you were our first guest. I'm just glad to be um, your first guest. We'll, we'll, definitely, we'll definitely plan to have you back on in the future. We'll, we'll definitely have you on for any Godzilla movies we talk about because yeah. I feel like we need someone to get the pronunciations right. <laughs> um, or at least right enough that no one's going to question it yeah. that listens to this. Like, well, it's probably right. Do you have, do you have anything that you uh, want to plug? Anything you want to talk um, about? If, if uh, I'll plug my Vimeo channel, which uh, is Zach Groten. If you just Google Zach Groten Vimeo, uh, it's G-R-O-O-T-E-N, then you should be able to find it. And, we'll uh, also put a link to that in the show notes. That it has all my short films I've made so far. I also, if you want to... Uh, I'm on the uh, Binge Media podcast, Movie Aftertaste Godzilla episode, and you can hear <laughs> me there. 
Yeah. Uh, awesome. So, yeah, thank you very much for coming on, Zach. Please uh, rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. We're also available on Stitcher and TuneIn. Uh, your review and your subscriptions really raise our rank among the unaffiliated uh, listeners out there. And uh, please tell your friends about us if you like what we're doing. And if you don't, um, I am sorry, but <laughs> you've already served your time. Uh, so get out of here. And, yeah. Uh, if you don't like what we're doing, also tell your friends about us in, 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 a, in the hopes that they have some sort of righteous anger that they want to listen to themselves so they can find out what's riled you up. So yeah. Much. And give us five stars on uh, iTunes so that more people can listen and get all riled up, get their dander up. You don't deserve to be angry alone. Give us five stars sarcastically. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, give us um, an ironic five stars. We, we should. Yeah. Ironic five stars is absolutely fine. We should talk about coming up next week. Uh, we are going to be talking about the movie. If you're following along, if you're watching these movies with us next week, we're going to be talking about phase four, which is a movie about ants ruining the biggest picnic of all the entire world. <laughs> and uh, Aaron, you, are we ready to announce the week after that? Absolutely. Uh, we're going to be doing our probably, if, unless Phase 4 goes uh, really uh, south side, we're going to be uh, we're gonna be doing a movie that I think Aaron and I are going to disagree heavily on, so that'll be a change of pace for the show. That might be more uh, more in line with a more aggressive podcast than ours has been thus far, so uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see how that one goes. Uh, Dark City, a movie that I do not like and Aaron likes a lot, so uh, we're going to be listening to the... It's one of my top 50 favorite movies. We should all say, if you are going to watch it, we're going to be talking about the theatrical cut, yep. which is feels like challenge mode for me, but it's also the one that I fell in love with, so it feels like worth discussing. It should also be noted that this, is the, this will be the first episode that Peter and I have both seen going into recording. Most of our other episodes, uh, neither of us had seen or one of us had seen, so this... This really is going to be kind of an Aaron versus Peter episode. Um, I'm hoping that Peter just watches it, falls in love with it, and is like, I was a big, dumb idiot. Um, as I've been for 99% of my life, this movie's amazing. Uh, but if not, we're going to hash it out. And thankfully, since probably if you're listening to a movie podcast, you fucking like Dark City, um, I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to come up on top on that one. I think no matter what happens, I'm going to come out on top and you're going to come out on bottom, regardless of your garbage opinion. Yeah, that seems to be the way our relationship is going, so much so <laughs> that you don't know when our last episode is going to be. So tune in while you can. <laughs> this could end at any moment, and pretty soon it's just going to be Zach. We're going to bequeath the name <laughs> to him while we go and like have like a weird like Hatfield and McCoy's fight for generations. And I, oh, I, I'll actually take the name <laughs> Peter after that happens and I will now be called Peter. Oh yeah, it's actually way easier so, <laughs> so we don't have to actually go back and change the names of any of the episodes or edit anything yeah. out. It's just easier if you become me. Yeah, it just makes more sense. And on that creepy note of our guests becoming our host, <laughs> we'll end the podcast. Thank you so much for listening guys. I hope this was fun for you. It was fun for us. As always, I am Aaron Armstrong. I will continue to be Aaron Armstrong. And I'm Peter Moran, but just this one time. And I'm Zach Rode most of the time. <laughs> Thanks, everyone.
Ski-ronk. <laughs>